Man, how do we get here? It's Thanksgiving week on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And we've got, uh, wow, holy tamale, do we have a lot to cover, including the successful completion of something called a wedding. <laughs> Super Don's daughter's wedding. We're going to get that update. As good as it could have gone, it went better. I'm so excited to hear about that and see some pictures. So we got that, lighten it up to open. And then we have uh, Drew Thomas Allen for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show. He's written a book called America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save America in 2024? Now, if he doesn't know about Jonathan E. Moore, I'll let him know about that too. But so we got a lot to do with uh, uh, Drew as well. We had a question of the day on electroculture and medical freedom questions. Oh, the U.S. Army is saying, all you non-vax, non-jab people we kicked out, we want you back. Please come back. Oh, my gosh. We got that coming up. A homeopathic hit of the day. Think burning sensations down there. And you've got the remedy. We've got the remedy. We'll cover it with you next on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Let's get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, y'all ready to eat? Those of you do whole turkeys or parts of them anyway. Uh, we got that and a whole lot more. The homeopathic remedy of the day is not safe for vegans. I'm just going to say it. The hit, it's not safe for vegans. What you got to eat is what Bill Gates wants you to eat. Uh, but no, 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 you don't have to eat that. You just have to take the remedy. We'll get to that. You got a burning sensation? I got you covered. We got a lot more to do, especially the update of uh, my humble and lovable producer, Super Don, and his daughter's wedding and what went on there. I shouldn't be standing right now. I did 18 rounds this morning, uh, just getting ready to eat a whole turkey on Thursday. So it's like, why not get ahead of the the the, uh, the, <laughs> the curve, so to speak? Uh, I didn't even know we were going to do it. I, my wife said, we're not really, now. Nah, let's not do Thanksgiving this year. And then she comes home with a whole organic turkey. I'm like, what is what is about not doing Thanksgiving that you bring? So we're doing it <laughs> as we always do. Uh, actually, last few years we've done we bring the I not to call them the homeless folks, but the folks that don't have family and bring them in. Have you ever done that? It's a nice thing to do. You know, people are in cities disparate from their families. Just bring them on in, invite them in for a nice Thanksgiving meal. And with that, let's bring Super Don back in the mix before we go to our first hour's guest. First time ever, Drew Thomas Allen. And we'll talk about some very serious issues as we lighten it up before we get there. Super Don, man, yes. you look great. Look at that Thank haircut. You. I still can't, I'm still expecting a long ponytail. I'm not used yeah, to you. I had to door. clean up. Had to clean up for the wedding. I promised uh, I promised my daughter. Do you see any so. pictures of you in your tux, like you know, like in the 1970s with the ruffles and everything? Uh, no ruffles. <laughs> no? no ruffles. No ruffles. So okay. um yeah, yeah, we can do pictures. Here's here's the picture of my daughter and and her oh, husband look at that. sitting at the uh, the table for them. Who did the flower floral arrangement? That's gorgeous. Uh, my wife gorgeous. did, and, wife and did. basically amazing. my wife and a couple of other people helping out. My sister and my mother in law did all the flowers. Dude. Um, I know. If you and I did the flowers, it'd be an <laughs> absolute disaster. It'd yeah. Like here's some flowers. Yeah. yeah. Right. So this oh, is the um, yeah this is the uh, the arbor there and them doing the thing there. Um, there's my tux. Oh, look at you! <laughs> so good. 
Look at that. Just yeah, like, it actually, well, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good tux. It I was see kinda, you saying Naylor, Don yeah, Naylor, Don, licensed that's right. to thrill. Yeah, shaken, yeah. not stirred. Yeah, that's good, um, man. Great. Yeah, so then they took some really cool photographs uh, together. There they are as a family. Oh, it's cute. And this was a really. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a really good one there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So and just to give me an idea, because the. Uh, yeah, it just I'm, I'm still it's still hard for me to try and process in my head how perfect this all came together. Uh, Man. We, we rented we rented a venue, uh, yeah. and, but basically we did everything else uh, minus the catering. Uh, and so. Wow. The the venue itself, the way that it turned out, was just like it was like a, a fairy tale almost. It's like a movie set, yeah, yeah. I mean, with the neon. Oh, look at that! They got the Smiths in uh, uh, neon or something. Yeah, with the couch in the front of it there, and with all the stuff. And this was all I, I got to give my wife, you know, ninety nine percent of the credit for for putting this all together with everything with the the the. She's got know, a the, career in party planning. Can she do that too? She could, but you man, you have no idea the kind of work that goes into putting stuff like this together. It's no yeah. small thing, right? Um. So anyway, so this this was the venue, and it was just it was just absolutely. I'm just. I like to think I could do a fraction of as good as you did one day when my daughter <laughs> decides to get married. Wow, I, I it was absolutely perfect. Uh, couldn't have asked for anything better. So. Anyway, it was it was a huge success. Had a great time. Um, beautiful. I'm just I'm so proud of, yeah. of everybody. My daughter. My, did you my, cry at the wedding? I mean, like of the, course the I did. Thing? You know me. Yeah. Uh, I managed to get through the the toast, the father's toast oh, and okay. stuff, and everything like that. So mm-hmm. the last thing I'm going to show you, and thank you for 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 humoring me here. This is probably my favorite part of the night. This was the father daughter dance. Here's just the end of it here. Okay. Make me tear up. <laughs> Tonight. Awesome. That's great. Not to ruin the mood, but oh, good lord. That's too much. Oh. oh, I'm getting emotional. Super Don, you got me. Dude, the daddy daughter dance. Oh, yeah. How many times, be honest, did you tell your daughter, could you please just elope before this event happened? You had to have asked her once. No, we time. were in no. it, but I tell you, uh, any of the rest of the kids, they're going to Vegas, man. And after I can't, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> <They> are, <huh? laughs> I think I could handle putting that together again. But in any case, yeah, it was yeah. great. We had a good, good time. Job, it was dude. worth so all proud. the work. Um, what you went through behind the scenes, and we talked about it a lot, of course. That's why it's kind of nice to see the culmination. You've got to feel like light and happy, like a helium balloon just floating right oh, now. Oh, it's still it's still surreal. I'm yeah. still processing. It just really came together really well. So with that, um, what's Thanksgiving going to be like? Wedding leftovers? Uh, entire, well, yeah, because the thing is, is we we weren't sure how many people were going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we catered for 100 people. Yeah. And about 50 people showed up, 50, 60 oh, people. So gee, I've got, got an entire, I've got an entire uh, turkey, cooked turkey sitting in the fridge right now. I'm just going to pop it in the oven, warm it up. We're good. It was yeah. a thanks. It was a Thanksgiving style dinner, which is perfect. So we've got the mashed potatoes and the turkey and the carrots. Make and it the, easy. Oh Make yeah. It easy. So we're all set. 
All right. Well, next chapter of life, Grandpa. Yep. This is this is great. It's really I I get said when when it comes to my turn, I have to consult with you and your wife uh, because you yeah. did it well. No problem. All right. Well, real quick, let's dive into the the opening story, and then we'll bring our guest into the mix here. Uh, we've been at this for a long time. This is we're about to enter my twenty. It's hard to think of it. Twenty fifth year in broadcast media. Uh, 1999 broke in in Atlanta, syndicated nationally. That's when Super Don and I connected and uh, continued on through from radio onto the online platforms and video uh, all these years later. But one of the thorns in our side occasionally, and I don't know if they ever hit us like certain aspects of the media did some hit pieces on me uh, over the years. Uh, media matters. Um, just an extreme, uh, just seething with rage and hatred and dis- you know disgust they are not intellectually honest about much at all. Media Matters. Turns out Twitter X, uh, Elon Musk is suing Media Matters over, uh, I don't even understand what this is all about. Well, on Twitter, the, he, he made some comments and they're saying, oh, that there, and there were some, some, some Nazi things next to some advertisers because they're, you know, they are trying so hard to get, uh, to get rid of, of X and, and take down Elon uh, because, you know, he dared to purchase the, the bastion of, of left-wing liberalism Twitter uh, and and make it more of a free speech platform. And so they're, they're trying to take him down. Um, and so here they're trying to sit here and say that he was, uh, he was promoting and supporting anti-Semitic Nazi messages and advertising and all that kind of stuff, uh, which, is, which is stupid. It's not but true. This is like the stuff they threw at Trump, isn't it? I mean, I'm of not course. saying they're the same people, but oh yeah, remember punch a Nazi? Oh, everybody else punch a Nazi, right? Yeah. And now, and now, now all those people that wanted to punch a Nazi are out at a uh, uh, pro-Palestinian uh, uh, protest <laughs> rallies and you know destroy Israel rallies. You know who are right. the Nazis, right? And then now the Texas Attorney General is opening an investigation into media matters for what they call potential. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how this coincided at the same time with uh, this Texas. Apparently, there's some potential fraudulent activity over it, over at Media Matters. We got to look into that. Well, this is you know this is part of the uh, attack on us and our friends over the especially the COVID thing. It ramped up because anybody who disagreed with. Uh, the CDC, the FDA, uh, Fauci, WEF, WHO, which we agree disagreed with every one of them because they were wrong until they were right, and and they were right because they agreed with us. <laughs> but th- th- there was no apology. It was like here, you're deplatform, you're deplatform, you're banned, you're banned, and all of the things that you believe in as American freedom of speech was lost. But uh, I think I was one of the few all those years ago said, hey, you know what? We don't have freedom of speech when it comes to health and healing. And people are like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, because if you proclaim to have the cure for cancer and it's not chemotherapy, radiation or surgery, and you actually put it on the market, the federal government will find you yesterday. It's like they have a time machine. They will come back in time and find you yesterday. And the irony, of course, I point out over the you know early 2000s, just like where's Osama bin Laden, right? Took them almost 10 years to find him. And so it tells you or should tell you who they really think the terrorists are. Mm-hmm. Not people that actually blow stuff up, but people who actually threaten the economic stranglehold on our country by the pharmaceutical industrial complex. And and that's, you know, one of the things I'm, I might ask Drew when he's on here because he's written a book about, I think it relates to Trump and voting and such, because uh, as good as Trump is on a lot of things, the whole uh, the COVID shot, man, I don't know that he still acknowledged how disastrous it is, even as many of our soldiers have been kicked out of the army as they wanted to get a woke uh, a population in there. It's not working. Now they're going, hey, if you didn't get jabbed, 
come on back, please. We're sorry. Or maybe we'll expunge the records that were back. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Now. The fact that they, they said that's exactly what they said. They said that if, if you guys come on back, yeah, uh, we'll correct your service record is what they'll say. We'll correct it. Well, if you say you're going to correct it, is that not basically implying that you made a mistake? Yeah. They right? don't acknowledge it, though. No, no. they won't acknowledge it. No. So let's go into some of these topics, these controversies, what to do next. I I, I agree with Jonathan Emord, who's on every Thursday, although t- tomorrow, the Thursday, I'm sorry, is this week is uh, Thanksgiving, so we'll be on holiday. But Jonathan Emord running for the U.S. Senate in, um, well, 2024 there to win against Tim Kaine in Virginia. And he can do it. And you guys support him. Emord for VA.com. And he says, Constitution's hanging on by a thread. I, I agree. Question is, what can we do about it? I don't think voting is enough. And also the questions about voting is, can we count on the count? These are questions we'll ask Drew Thomas Allen, author of America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? A new book. It's out. We got it linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Let's welcome Drew to the Robert Scott Bell Show. How are you, Drew? Gentlemen, it's good to be with you. And Super Don, I got to say, I've got an eight-month-old daughter now. It's mm. amazing what it's already done to me emotionally. I'm a Texas guy, even though I live in California. And, I, I you know, I, I'm kind of just one of those pro or good or bad, kind of a bad, kind of a classic wear my emotions on my sleeve. I have been so softened since having a daughter. I watched you dancing and I started getting teary eyed thinking about that moment in my own future because there's no my life than this girl, this eight month year old daughter who's melted my heart immediately. And one mm-hmm. day, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to take it when I'm sitting there basically giving her away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and when I see her, I still see that eight month old girl that I had that she's, wow. she'll always be. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's a special time. It is. It is a special time. And uh, you'll make it. Yeah. Just and hang my in there. <laughs> is, is 18 now, but uh, nothing yeah. yet on the horizon like that. But still, I like, oh, man, you can feel it and see it there. Super D. Good job. I said, I don't know if I can live up to that, but I hope so. Good job. So, uh, Drew, congratulations on having a new baby anyway. That's awesome. And uh, a daughter there. And uh, your backstory, we need to fill it in a little bit since it's your first time on the show also that leads up to the book that you've written, America's Last Stand. Uh, you also have a show as well. And, uh, gosh, well, welcome to the show. I'd love to learn more about you. Well, I'm so pleased to be here because, you know, I also am a publicist for uh, a lot of well-known people. Some have been on your show before in the past. So it's funny. I, I talk to people like you all the time. We email and communicate, but I, I never actually talk to you. Some of you become like these, these you know, uh, friends through email, but we've never actually met. And so this, this is amazing for me. Um, you know, I would just say this about me. You know, I grew up in Texas to conservative parents, but if you looked at my resume, you would actually assume that I was a card-carrying lib. Uh, I went to an all-male Jesuit college preparatory school in Dallas. That was not a bastion of conservatism. I went to Pepperdine for college, which is relatively conservative, but I was a theater major. So in the theater world, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're in the reddest place ever, you know, theater is is not a bastion of conservatism. I, I moved to New York City. Uh, I was an actor. I ended up moving to Milan, Italy. I speak Italian fluently. I, I worked for Mark Jacobs in fashion. So I opened and managed a retail store in Milan for two and a half years. Met my wife in Milan. She is not Italian. She's a blonde girl from Long Beach who went to Pepperdine. So I moved all the way to Milan to meet a blonde girl who also went to my college and we're, we're married, of course, now. Was she also a theater major or something completely different? 
well, she she was an art major, a fine art major, so she was a painter. Uh, so it, it's interesting. She's actually not liberal either. Uh, um, so anyway, I worked in Hollywood for many years. I ended up uh, being a film producer at, at one point, uh, sold a film in 2018, I think, a feature, and, and got out of there and ended up finding my way into this world. So I, I just say all that because sometimes people on our side can have the right opinions about things and we can agree with them, but they they uh, they don't arrive at those conclusions on their own. So there's not as much conviction in the sense that they can back them up. See, I've spent my entire life around Democrats uh, and I've always been a conservative. So even in my book, uh, you know, my arguments come from a position of being questioned. So, uh, so I'm used to this and uh, I do have increased conviction because of that, because my whole life I've been challenged. So, you know, that's a little bit about me. All right. Well, it was a great backstory and a, and a brief one that you did so well because you you know how to communicate. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, also, again, thanks for sending good folks to this show over the years. We've enjoyed uh, highlighting and spotlighting great people and great stories and important stories. And you have have one to tell. Uh, we are dealing with an America that is on the precipice of of collapse, I believe. And, you know, even though we could see evidence of it uh, various times in our lifetime, um, you know, the, the, the future, you know, you put it out there someday, 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 it feels awfully close, not only because of the economic, uh, you know, collapse of the federal reserve system based on the printing of money out of thin air, but now with Biden in office, uh, and the things he's done to just open wide, anybody wants to come in, we're not going to even check you if you're interested in, in contributing to society versus coming in to destroy it. Uh, and so many other fa- factors getting us into, uh, wars or supporting wars overseas that are not genuinely in our interest other than to bankrupt us and destroy us. Uh, I don't mean to be negative about things, but heading into Thanksgiving week, there's a lot more I'm grateful for, but we do have to talk about these relatively intense issues. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I still remain optimistic because it's part of the American experiment. It's it's in our DNA, patriotism. And so I'm never going to give up on this nation. I still believe in our capacity to save it. And that's my message in the book too. It's, yeah, there's a lot of negativity out there. I'm sorry that these attacks and assaults are happening in our lifetimes, but you know that's what we're born to do. There comes a time when Americans, and it's happened throughout our history, have to band together and step up. And it's a duty we have. And right now, you know, I would say this is as significant in our history. As, it's only the third major test, in my opinion. We had the American Revolution, which was, of course, violent. We had the Civil War, which was, of course, violent in 1861. And the difference here is we're not seeking violent means. No one's seeking violent means. We want to use the uh, democratic or, you know, we're a constitutional republic, but the process of actually peacefully casting votes to alter our history and save the country. And the Democrats want to take that opportunity uh, and that peaceful means away from us. But you're right. I mean, if, 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 you know, America was, you know, I don't know, something being held up by strings, you know, the Democrat party is, is kind of methodically going about severing each one of those. And you can look at what they're doing historically. You can look at what's happened to previous civilizations, even Argentina, uh, which actually, has signs of hope now as well. But you can look at Roman history with the expansion, uh, with with the inability to pay for things anymore, with uh, basically the collapse of of immigration as well, when they just uh, basically were, were being invaded by the quote unquote barbarians and so on and so forth. So we know what's happening. Um, we feel it. We see it. We don't see all of it because uh, it's like the straw that eventually 
breaks the camel's back. But uh, all indications are that America is in a very steep decline. We're facing, frankly, a, a new dark age in our own history. And we have to accept that. We don't have to accept it, but we have to accept the truth that that's what's we, happening we so that we can address yeah, the, the reality of where we're at right now. Also, I, I, I think about the history that I wasn't taught growing up in public indoctrination centers, government schools, uh, and then even through university level. Uh, I, I, I really never liked history, only didn't realize why, because they didn't actually teach anything about cause and effect relationship between events. It was about dates, times and places. No explanation as to why things occurred. And I think our founding fathers in America knew history, not just dates, times and places, but really understood causal events. And they said, these are the things that we have learned about government's past that we don't want to do in our government, our experiment, as you point out, a Republican form of government that had never been tried before. And it wasn't to be a democracy as much as even Republicans say democracy. I get annoyed with this because words have meaning and it matters unless you don't you don't want to go to definition in that way. You can control people because nobody can grasp anything. There's no reality anywhere at that point. But we have a point now where we look back on history and we seemingly are numb to its cause and effect relationship as we do the same stupid things that have been done, as you point, Rome and other places. It's, it's not like we don't know where this is going based on history. And yet you've got Democrats and many Republicans who won't stand fast on, for instance, the economic destruction that happens when you go into debt to the tune of, well, trillions now that can never be repaid. And then what? So I ask your Jesuit training, was there any historical perspective given to you or did you have to learn history after you left these schools? Well, I I think that for me, a lot of it was spent educating myself. And to be honest, a lot of that was in the car, you know, we lived in, in the Dallas Metroplex, so there was a lot of time driving. I played competitive soccer, uh, traveled a lot. So I would listen to Rush Limbaugh uh, a lot with my dad in the car. And I think that we can all acknowledge that, you know, R- Rush was was the GOAT and he was very good at explaining these things. So I had a lot of education in that form, uh, obviously. Uh, and I've been fascinated with history my whole life. My dad was a Civil War buff books and books and books and books on the Civil War. So some of it was osmosis. And then it got passed on to me. I'm reading a book on George Washington right now, uh, a biography on him in my, my you know, uh, free time, uh, you know, whatever, when the baby's asleep. Yes. And, uh, and so, you know, I think that you, you I want to say one thing first, because you made a brilliant point and I don't want people to miss it. You talked about how the founding fathers studied history and knew it intimately. Because a lot of people think that, for example, our constitutional republic, our electoral college system, for example, uh, separation of powers, that these were mistakes. You know, that the founding fathers uh, came up with something uh, and missed a better opportunity. That, you know, we should go back to being a direct democracy as if that's novel and progressive. That's not. That's what the Greeks had, and it's the reason they collapsed. So the founding fathers studied all of these systems, all of these failed systems that the Democrat Party touts as wonderful, that they want to replace uh, in America, right? That's what they want to put here and said, Marxism, communism, socialism, those things that don't work. The founding fathers knew about these systems. They knew about the political philosophy. They studied it. And capitalism, it wasn't, it wasn't because they didn't think maybe we should use this other system. It's because they knew it didn't work. And so I don't think enough people point that out, but America is the crown jewel of humanity. And it's because the founding fathers uh, did their best to prevent 
uh, us from going through the pains of what the Democrats want us to go through now with their failed philosophy. So actually, it's us who are right. It's us who are enlightened. And it's the Democrat Party. And unfortunately, they're indoctrinated voters who don't know any better, many of them. Um, they don't understand that what they're they're promoting is regressive and it's foolish. And actually, capitalism is magnificent. America, magnificent. Our, our constitutional process, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, so we should be uh, proud of that, not attacking it. Well, we have the Gen Z component now coming up and seemingly in favor of moving towards socialism or Marxism, not knowing the history, but all, all just looking around and going, you guys had it pretty good. We we got it pretty sucky. We can't afford this. We can't afford that. We get, and then the idea, of course, is then can we get the government to do it for us? Right. Because of their ignorance of history. Now, also, as I mentioned that, Drew, we have given up on this. I, I say collective we, I'm not a collectivist, but in a context of the his, history of America in my lifetime, it's been moving away from freedom, away from capitalism. And on the capitalism that I've seen has been crony. It's been capitalism. It hasn't been. It's been like socialism toward corporations. So freedom has not been something we've actually embraced historically in terms of the history our, our founders knew. And, and as I say, the Republicans have not been great on this issue over the time that the government has grown even when they have been in control. So where do we go to uh, reawaken that knowledge, that history to get back to those founding principles? Well, a lot of it's just you, it's me, it's the people in your audience being educated, talking about things like we are and not being afraid to engage people and correct them uh, and, 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 and look at ourselves as educators. Um, you know, it's, it's, we have this strange thing uh, we've never had it so good. We are the most blessed. I'm I'm a 36 year old. I say geriatric millennial, and I, I'm the most blessed generation in the history of mankind. And that's not an exaggeration. That's not hyperbole. So we don't know any better. Something that's odd though, because we're so coddled, is is it's weird what we fear. So we we are constantly compelled by the media. Uh, even even Republicans too, to accept the status quo, right? To change anything or try anything that's different from what's currently failing, we're told it's only going to get worse. There's never, it's never presented as, hey, you know, social security doesn't work anymore. In fact, it never really did work. It was always headed to this position where it eats up pretty much the entire budget. And it's going to make us collapse financially at some point. It's, it's not good for anybody. Uh, you'd be better off if you just had that money yourself. We could teach you to invest or frankly, you have freedom. So if you want to squander it on, on, you know, whatever in Las Vegas, go for it. But that's not my problem. And so they tell us, right, we can't reform Social Security, even though it's going to fail uh, because of fear that, I don't know, old people aren't going to get their money. You know, you know what I'm saying? It, it's never like, hey, this isn't working. We have to change it to improve it. I mean, mm. bef before we had, um, you know, uh, uh well, before the 60s, before Lyndon Baines Johnson destroyed the country with his uh, new the form of slavery society, and yeah. welfare. So, yeah. Well, we, we, we didn't have uh, the federal government controlling the education system, for example. How is it that people are less literate today than they mm -hmm. were before the federal government took over the education system? So the point right. is, we the people have the capacity to Drew, do what's necessary. You, you said it's right. It's you, it's me. It's taking responsibility on an individual basis. And when I woke up to the reality of the horrific nature and enslavement associated with Social Security, which is antisocial and insecure, I decided when we had kids, we are not going to enter them in that system. And they don't have Social Security numbers. 
period. I'm not waiting for them to overturn that. I believe it's an abomination. It's a front to freedom. And I believe spiritually it's, it's incorrect. Socialism is a fundamental violation of spiritual freedom granted to us by God that created us. So why would I participate? Why would I enslave my kids to that system? But how many Americans that don't like social security are willing to go, Oh, when my baby's born, I'm not going to give them a number because of the tax benefits you get when you have them versus not. You see how this enslaves Republicans too? Very few are willing to step up and do exactly as you say to, to behave differently rather than waiting for, well, the federal government will change it and then then I can change. You're like, no, if you wait for that to happen, you're going to be bankrupt just as they are. And so I'm asking for folks to step up and do better. And it's uncomfortable. I agree. Yeah, well, if, if we don't address these things now and trying to educate people, eventually we will have to address them. But we, we won't have the benefit or luxury of even time to do it in a way that is uh, controlled. You know, if we continue to go down this path of the Democrat Party policies, Biden administration or Obama administration policies, um, and, and we continue to see de-dollarization throughout the world, for example, we're not going to be able to afford our debt anymore. Um, you know, if, if, if China, for example, I mean, this is all national security risk too. Uh, our, our debt. I mean, if China decides to invade Taiwan, if we continue to fund some ridiculous proxy war in Ukraine, if we then try to go into a third conflict in the Middle East at some point, we will not win. Because you see, the, the, the burden's on us to be, to be victorious in three geographical locations. The Chinese just have to win in Taiwan. The Russians just have to win in Ukraine. Uh, you know, the Middle East, the, the Islamo, you know, terrorists just have to win over there, but we have to be in three places at once and we can't do it. This isn't, this isn't World War II era anymore where we can outspend everybody. You know, I mean, the GDP to debt is already 120%. It was less than that during World War II when we doubled it. So, mm -hmm. you know, we are a sinking ship right now and it's going to take like, look at the 10 million illegals who are in the country. We have to do difficult things and make difficult decisions now, which would be, for example, to deport all of them. Um, that's another burden. And they've broken the law by being here. But it's, you know, are you going to risk your political capital to make those hard decisions and say, hey, you guys shouldn't be here. I don't care that the Biden administration invited you in and gave you a free cell phone. You're leaving. Well, can we take the money back that Biden got illegally in terms of emoluments and all the things that he's done for his family? Let's take some of that money back and utilize it for better purposes. Uh, you know, your, your point, I believe, is well taken here. I mean, uh, this is not foreign to us. And it's just a matter of, you know, how do you communicate with that younger generation, Generation Y and Z, about the historical realities that brought us to this point? And, yeah, their parents and grandparents fell asleep at the wheel on some of this stuff. I acknowledge that in my generation X as well. And the question is, what are we willing and able to do about it? And I don't know that many people are willing to, to confront the harsh realities because they've had it, as you pointed out, too good, too easy. We've had it great. And when we don't suffer at all in life or minimally suffer, we take for granted the freedom that we thought would always be here that was brought about by those who really sacrificed a lot for freedom and recognized the limiting government was the really the primary role of our, our established government. It was like to limit it by the Constitution, to bind them down by the change. You're studying George Washington. George Washington said entangling alliances, right? Talked about that in his farewell address. And that's all we're about is entangling alliances to our debt, to our bankruptcy. And so uh, I, I'm not sugarcoating this, and I know you're not, 
But, you know, what are the pathways out of this mess? It's got to be more than just voting, although I could argue and you could argue voting is important, too. But I I wish one day we wouldn't care who's president because the power of the president would be so limited, according to the Constitution, that he couldn't screw up or she couldn't screw up the country this way. Uh, man, I feel, I feel like I, 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 brilliant. I think about that often. Um, the fact that it shouldn't be this way in America anyway, uh, to bring up George Washington again, you know, when George Washington was president, there weren't actually political parties back then. They started forming during his second administration. And then obviously, you know, we're where we are today, but at, at that point he actually warned against, uh, having factions and really there's no reason we're not going to go back to this right now, but 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 there's no reason to have political parties because you should just be running uh, as somebody who's who's going to defend the Constitution and uphold that oath and do what's best for America. And of course, the Democrats could take his farewell address in which he talked about not getting entangled in foreign conflicts, in which he said that patriotism was the most important thing, the glue that held this country together. We should be focused on what unites us, not geographical differences. He talked about the fact that we all share, you know, we've you know fought common foes. We have a common religion, even a uh, common culture. And of course, the Democrats want to uh, break all that apart and divide us all the time. You know, the kid in Colorado that had a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack, you know, he got booted out of class because, you know, they want to criminalize patriotism. They understand very clearly that that is very, very important at holding this nation together. So, yes, we shouldn't have to worry about a president being able to have so much power to change the trajectory of the nation. Um, and I, I, that's not going to solve all of our problems because it's really comes down. I mean, you can say, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yes, there's fraud and all that sort of stuff in the elections, but you can say that, you know, uh, you, our government does reflect the people to some extent. And many people, because we're so prosperous, because we've had it so good, are lazy. They don't care. They, right. You see, a, a constitutional republic depends upon us being activists. Uh, not sitting down. I, I say this and, you know, you don't have I happen to be Christian. Many of you may, may very well not be. And that's fine. But I would just I can only the best analogy I can make is to say as a Christian. Right. It, I'm not called to sit at my house and just thumb through my Bible. Right. I mean, Jesus calls Christians to go forth and make disciples of all nations. The point is, it's a call to activism. You have to go out there and spread the message. They're not just going to show up at church. So as Americans, our gospel, our Bible is the Constitution. It's, it's the blood that has been shed by our ancestors to give us this inheritance. And it's our duty to defend it. And you don't defend it by sitting there at home, even me sitting, reading George Washington. You know, we have to be involved. And a lot of us, unfortunately, and I get it, it's the reality, we're busy. The way the uh, economy is run now, you can't have a one uh, income household. Both parents generally have to work. You turn your hands over to the school system out of necessity because you've got a, a job to do. And so these are problems too. Um, but but the downside of that is people are too busy. They feel they're too busy to get involved. So you're, it's not a priority. But when it's not a priority, you get what's going on now. And we can vote for people all day long and they stab us in the back. There's no accountability. And of course, the party, even the Republican Party, oftentimes is picking the candidates and they're not the best candidates. So, you know, we as people have to decide that we want to be in charge of our fate again. We can't be slaves to uh, uh, the Republican Party. We can't be slaves, certainly, to the Democrat Party. We have to spread this far and wide and we have to educate people. And the truth is, though, this 2024 election and we can get into the controversial stuff because it's important sure. to talk about because my book understands even seven months ago when I started writing it, that more than likely we're going to see a rematch between Trump and Biden or some other Democrat who's going to replace him. And it still looks that way. 
And uh, there are very ma- there are many good qualities about Trump. There's some things that are problematic for me. But at the end of the day, we lived under a Trump presidency. We lived under a Biden presidency. Were you better off under Trump or Biden? Um, if we do not, if we if we allow the Democrats to win in 2024, we're going to have a very hard time changing course. Yeah, and, and, I, and, I don't and, dispute that. I don't. Uh, as I say, we've been honest about talking about Trump. We don't have Trump derangement syndrome, nor do we have Trump worship syndrome here. We talk about the, the strengths and weaknesses of anybody who's running and try to have intellectual integrity about it. And it's not necessarily a party politic thing. You know, admittedly, we were Ron Paul Republicans at the time that he was running and he warned us about all the things that are happening today, more right than ever. Uh, people thought he was you know, old and anachronistic at that time, but he was correct because he knew history like our founders knew history. And therefore, he could predict what the future was, not because he was psychic, but because he, re- he studied history, you know, and that's where we are once again. And we need to engage in, you know, the 10th Amendment, nullification, interposition, things like that, Uh, individually nullifying things, not participating, as I said, not volunteering into a system that there is no lawful requirement to participate in. That is bankrupt. That is bankrupting us. As you know, I said debt is slavery when it's forced upon you by a Federal Reserve, which is neither federal nor has any reserves. Again, read uh, G. Edward Griffin's great work, The Creature from Jekyll Island. You'll understand that the reason people are so busy to work because they can't afford to have one parent stay home is because of the growth of government. The cost of government is so prohibitive that they keep having to eating up. If it's direct taxation or indirect through inflation, they rob you of your ability to care for yourself. Do you have to go out? And then your kids are raised by government myrmidons that are just teaching them to worship government, become collectivists and not even acknowledge that there's a gender or two, <laughs> just two. So we are at, a, a again, a, a real precipice, if you will, uh, as to what we're going to decide to do as a nation. And that means every individual in that nation gets to decide, of course. It's not a pure democracy, although uh, as we see on the voting uh, uh, in the voting realm about putting better people in office, people with integrity, it wasn't even that our founders were relying on people to have integrity. They were relying up that the people would hold the people that go into office with the change of that constitution to limit the ability that they could do the damage that other governments around the world have done would do. And ours would do if we ever went to sleep on it, we have now we're uh, paying a steep price, especially if we lose it, because where do you go? There is no bastion for Liberty outside of the United States, at least its origin point, even though we haven't always lived up to those high ideals. So America's last stand, your book, Drew Thomas Allen, will you vote? to save or destroy America in 2024. Is it as simple to you in this book, Democrats versus Republicans, or are there nuances there? What about individuals that are libertarian, independent, Bobby Kennedy running for president? There's a lot of interesting things happening right now. Yeah, there are. Uh, I mean, the way I look at it in terms of your options for 2024, it's Trump and Biden or another Democrat. Um, I'm a conservative. I make that distinction because I am a realist. We have a two-party system. Uh, and so I'm going to vote Republican generally over over a Democrat. But no, I mean, this book is 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 kind of a, a political Bible, if you will. I mean, I obviously address uh, the lies and propaganda from the left about, for example, Trump's a threat to democracy. They've been saying that since 2016, before he even uh, was elected president. So actually, you know, I get into Trump-Russia collusion. I get into the quid pro quo. I get into what they've done and not paid a price for so far, which was actual treason in this country that we need to remember what they've done. I, of course, appeal to the person who 
would still vote for Biden, for example, because they like his personality or they're convinced that he's nicer than Trump. That's not true either. So I break apart what's true and false because so much of what we've been told about Trump isn't true. And that which is true pales in comparison to what is actually true in terms of loathsome amorality uh, and so on and so forth of Joe Biden and other Democrats. And then I talk, you know, Reagan asked a simple question, too. He looked into the camera during that one and only debate with Jimmy Carter and he said, what, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Well, Americans should be asking them th themselves that question because we're in a unique position where we actually lived under a Trump presidency and a Biden presidency. And I would say with the exception of the COVID stuff, no American can argue uh, at all that they're better off under Biden and you're still not better off under Biden. But I get into the Democrat Party's history, too, because their entire political livelihood is dependent upon lies and deceit. So, for example, they claim that, you know, there's this I call it the myth of the big switch that, you know, the Republican Party was literally born to confront the issue of slavery because there wasn't a party to deal with it. And they want to claim that miraculously under Lyndon Baines Johnson, there was a switch because he uh, signed, you know, the the Civil Rights Act of 1963 into law. That became the moment that Democrats became the champions of blacks and Republicans just became a bunch of racists, which isn't even remotely true. So I address all this stuff. I address the welfare system. I, you know, I, I address these kind of comprehensive things, too, about what it means to be American and why we're in this situation to begin with. But ultimately, my book is very, very specific in purpose. Thomas Paine wrote Common Sense to Persuade very urgently, the American colonists to support our war for independence. That's why he wrote the book and it was very, very successful. I wrote this book to persuade people to vote for Trump when it comes down to Trump versus Biden or some other Democrat in 2024, because literally our livelihood and future depends upon it. Now, that's not the end. I don't want people to think that I wrote this book and I think, oh man, Trump's so amazing. He's Jesus Christ. We elect him 2024 and hallelujah, America's back. It's not. But if we don't do that in 2024, we're, yeah. we're the, the risk, of course, you, you point that out. And I agree is that those that believe Trump is a political savior. And I've argued that there are no such thing, even if Ron Paul were president, that doesn't save the republic. We have to all step it up and do what is right and not do what is wrong. Uh, the question is, if if Trump were to return, are we going to see a, a revenge tour, which I can totally understand based on what they did to him. Uh, but revenge is one of those things where both end end up not so not so great. And then question, can you put the, the, the country above that? Uh, yet at the same time, there are a lot of people that have to be held to account for uh, various illegalities, certainly immorality. That's an understatement. Uh, but we look at this next phase. If Trump were to get in. Do the people on the right go back to sleep and go, oh, well, Trump's in. Now we don't have to do anything. That, of course, will be a temptation for a lot of people. And I'm trying to tell people that's not the case. I'm trying to tell people that we have to win 2024. And here are all the reasons that we need to get rid of all these differences. You know, we're seeing a very, very ugly primary right now in some ways. Uh, people are saying that they hate Trump so much in the DeSantis camp. You know, everyone says this stuff, but there are DeSantis influencers out there I see that say, well, I hate Trump so much. If he's if he's the nominee, I'm, I'm not voting for him, which is which is like not a rational uh, thing to be saying. Uh, but that's OK. Emotions are high. You know, we'll get past Iowa, New Hampshire and and settle things. But we've got to unite around this. And no, our work is not done. Look, to me, Trump is like sticking a finger in the dam, right? So if we can get Trump back in there, and I, I have high hopes. I mean, I, 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 I like Trump. I like what he's done. 
in a lot of cases. Certainly, I feel comfortable national security-wise. I, I can sleep better night uh, knowing that I don't feel like uh, China's going to overrun the country tomorrow. Um, you know, the economy, we we had a great economy. I mean, we, we had debt problems. We still had a great economy that was working for people when he was president. Um, so there are a lot of things that, I mean, you know, he's not going to go in and say, uh, Johnny should cut off his PP when he's 12 years old and supports that kind of stuff. So no, but it buys us time. Okay. It's all about mm. buying time and looking to the next election. One election doesn't solve anything. It's a, at this point, we are just trying to play catch up. We have so much work to do after decades of destruction to this country. You know, we've got to like, okay, Trump's in there. All right. Now, while he's hopefully, you know, keeping things afloat. All right. What are we doing? What are we doing to make sure that we continue to get other people elected who are going to deal with stuff and do the right thing? And, it, and it's up to us. Yeah. Well, look, you're, you're very sober in your presentation. I don't feel like you're uh, living in some fantasy world like some people are, as I said, that have a warship syndrome, much less those on the other side that have a derangement syndrome. They can't think critically about anything when it comes to this stuff. And it's, uh, it's sad to see so-called adults in America uh, acting like they're babies, they're infants, and they're looking for, again, political saviors, whether they're on the left or the right. So I appreciate your insight as an elder millennial, as you point out. Uh, and uh, again, I, I love what you're doing. I appreciate you being on board today. And I hope everybody gets the book and considers it. America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Do you have any upcoming events? You also have your own show. When does that air? Uh, usually once or twice a week. It's a little bit sporadic, so it's it's the Drew Allen show. And then I, you know, I I I used to be a pretty widely published columnist, and have kind of now just put it on my Substack. So I have a Substack, DrewAllen.substack.com as well, and I put a lot of writings when I have time there. Um, but the the PR side of things, I will admit, has gotten pretty um, pr pretty busy these days. But uh, you know, I, I really appreciate folks like yourself, and you know, I I, I just. Be encouraged uh, because you can look at the situation and say it sucks, uh, woe is me, or you can say thank God that I'm alive right now, that I get to live through this moment in history, and I get to mm -hmm. be a part of, of something great, which is saving the country, which is what we were all born to do, to defend this place. All right. Well, Drew, uh, do me a favor and America a favor also. Please, if you don't already know him, look into my good friend Jonathan E. Mord running for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine. He's a leading can uh, Republican candidate, and uh, he has defeated the FDA in court a world record eight times. He knows how to destroy the oligarchy uh, and all of those departments that don't belong constitutionally. Uh, more than anybody, he's done great work outside of that system. He's only running because he realized that these agencies flout the even the court rulings against them. And he's decided I cannot leave this place, you know, to my kids and their kids one day without doing everything I can. And that's why we support him 100 percent. I've known him for, you know, over 25 years now as well. So emord4va.com. And uh, you might want to interview him. I think you'll be duly impressed with uh, his his concept, context of, of history as well. He's written books about it, the progressive era from the 19th century to today and how we got here. It's not a random act. Didn't start with Biden or Obama either. Well, if, if he's got you endorsing him, uh, that's going to go a long way. So, no, absolutely. I look forward to it. And that's the kind of thing we have to be doing. You know, it's, it's our job to back these people and do what we can to, to put them in places to represent us. Yeah, absolutely. Drew Thomas, Allen, God bless you. Young man, elder millennial. <laughs> Thanks for being on board today. And again, congratulations on the baby. And uh, yeah, we're both teary eyed as, as dad's thinking about when our, our daughters get married now that Super Don uh, did that beautiful wedding and daddy daughter dance.
Yeah, well, God bless you guys. I didn't know we're all girl dads here, so that's great. Yeah, appreciate you. And uh, we'll have you back on. If there's any updates, let me know. Stay in touch. Will do. Thanks. All right, Drew Allen, thanks for being on board with the Robert Scott Bell Show today. There you go, Super Don. You started us with an emotional bent and tinge, and apparently you got us banned on Facebook temporarily because you played this the Sinatra song. I guess they didn't video. like that song, so I, uh, I had to stop the stream and restart it, so it started up again on Facebook, so we should be good now. Well, you know, th that song has been around for so long. What the heck is wrong with Facebook? We're going, we can't well, play Sinatra. Well, Warner Music Group... <laughs> otherwise known as WMG yeah uh for whatever reason uh all the legalese uh involved in that it was it was blocked so well thanks for digging it up there uh uh Steven was telling us about it there was something yeah. going on so Dumb. yeah yeah figure it out playing a who knew playing a, um, a song from the 1940s or whatever would get you booted off of the Facebook stream to have you know to that's one of the it. things about YouTube I know we got booted off of YouTube but you know with yeah. YouTube for the most part, not a hundred percent, but they got smart about it. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, if you play a song on there, like the vast majority of the licensing companies out there are like, okay, no problem, but we're going to throw a commercial on your video when people watch it, but you can right. go ahead and use the song. Right. You know, are, are you kidding me? Frank Sinatra. Anyway. I mean, yeah. how you many people are listening the, to that song these days anyway? You could know? you play the artificial intelligent version of Frank Sinatra and get away with it? Yeah. I could have played it on the kazoo, I guess. And, you know, and then maybe we wouldn't have gotten in trouble. We were talking about music. We talk about music a lot here. I, I do like enjoy that. Uh, I'd, I'd go on tour. I got a buddy of mine, Francis, who's uh, uh, from Holland originally. He's here in America, married an American girl. And um, he does a mean Sinatra impersonation. Really good. And I thought we could tour uh, uh, Frank and Neil or something like that. You know, oh, there you go. Old age. Hey. Do old yeah. age. It shows in old age homes one day or whatever. But the, the Frank and Neil, uh, <laughs> what, I don't know, what would they call that? <laughs> I know, the old people. You'd have to wear sequins, though, if you're going to do it. Probably so, yeah. yeah. I'll have to get one made. But anyway, just to uh, have some fun in the midst of while, uh, I say Rome is burning. I mean, Honestly, we talk about where this country is, Super Don. You feel it. We talk about it honestly and openly. We're not naive about these things. At the same time, I, I don't want to live in doom and gloom either. And, you know, a lot of people are focusing on the worst case scenarios of everything happening and right. and maybe investing too much energy in making it happen. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, I, I recognize my power is limited, although the power of what I believe is God's power of creation is not limited. Now, we've also been given free will. I believe that some people argue against free will, but I believe we do have the free will to, to participate or not in our own demise or decline. And in the midst of bad things happening around us everywhere, there are people that tend to flourish no matter what. The question is, what do you want to participate in? Do you want to go down with the, the ship or do you want to say, you know what, I'm I believe in sort of certainly the principles of liberty upon which this nation was founded. And no matter what happens around me, I will do my best to rekindle or keep that sacred fire of liberty as we talk about glowing and, and, and lit, so to speak. And, you know, that's an empowering message of the individual. And someone will say, well, what power does the individual have against the, you know, all of that? And I have to go back to my roots in, in, in being a spiritual kind of guy, however you define that, right? I'm not here converting people from whatever religion to whatever religion. That's not my role in doing so. Just to inspire you, hopefully, back to whatever your belief system is that lights you up and recognizes or helps you recognize that power that you have in concert with an all-powerful, let's say, creator. 
And in that context, as I say, you and God is a majority. If you reconnect and stay connected to that, what does that mean for you? You're going to have to define it. I'm not going to define it for you, but I will say I am ever hopeful in that context when people come back to that spiritual center, that they're not being manipulated by those that want to enslave you through fear, much less debt and economic stuff, that you can choose, choose to participate in integrity. But then, Super Don, I'll acknowledge this as I say this, many people will go, well, if I live in integrity and everybody else is cheating, well, I should just cheat too, because that's what everybody's doing. And that's an interesting, you know, I guess, excuse if you believe in proverbial pearly gates or whatever happens later you go well god everybody else was cheating so i figured i should do it too you know is that the- that's yeah no right? listen that, that's that's a you know it's it's a real thing mm-hmm. um this is probably the reason why you see uh groups of 50 or 60 people smashing through a window and looting a store mm-hmm. right uh yeah i i mean that mentality does exist but it's the people that resist that mm-hmm. um are the people that are are making the changes that need to be yeah. made. And when people say, oh, well, you know, I'm just one man or I'm one woman, you know. Or, Don't diminish yourself because no. you are, you are Well, that's where it starts. The power yeah. of one. That's where it yeah. starts, you know. And and then you, you find other people. And the power of one remedy. <laughs> if you're burning right now down under, <laughs> we got a remedy. Are we really going to talk about this? Yes, we are. The homeopathic hit the of the homeopathic hits every day right here on the robert scott bell show does it burn when you pee ow ow i know <laughs> like come on anybody ever had a uti or something similar this is the homeopathic hit for you cantharis and look at that green beetle bug super don you got a nice image for that because actually it is the spanish fly now, when we were kids, which is not a fly, by the way, it's a beetle. Oh, no, it's a beetle, but uh. it was called a Spanish fly. And it was a, I've seen a big bucket of them at the homeopathic laboratory I used to be at. And you convert those flies or beetles into a homeopathic medicine. So, yes, this is not vegan approved. I'm just, you know, apologize to any vegans out there. You can't take this <laughs> if, if you're, you know, because they do. You can't. Them. Now, here's the, okay. Now, here, no, hold on though. Yeah. See, yeah. Now, now I got a question. Okay. Um, we can run over a little later. Homeopathic hit of the day. We're going to run over. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess if you're a vegan, it would be, I, I here's an analogy, right? You mm-hmm. know, there are people that say they will not use a vaccine because, um, fetal cells were used right. in the testing mm-hmm. they aren't actually in it, but in the right. testing for it, that's enough. they were yeah. used and that's enough. And no, I can't do it because, uh, you know, yeah. it was an aborted uh, fetus, right? But right. aborted baby. Um, so is it kind of the same way for a vegan where it's like, listen, this has been reduced down to where there literally is not any beetle in it. Right. But it's right. the energy, you know, from the beetle. Would yeah. that still be enough for a vegan to go, oh, no, I can't have uh, right. animal was, energy either because it was harmed in the making of it. I think that would be enough. <laughs> right. I'm okay. Vegan, I'm just assuming that would be the case. So in this case, that's uh, interesting. You, you could take a, a few beetle bugs and sacrifice them and then convert them into a remedy. That's that's when you write yeah. Spanish fly on a piece of paper. Right. And you but put you, that in your pocket. If you remember, remember Spanish fly when we were kids, it was like a snickery. You heard Spanish fly. It was like it was it was supposed to be an aphrodisiac. An aphrodisiac. You'd yes. slip in somebody's Coca-Cola and make them right. a little frisky or something. You, you used to see the little ads in the back of magazines and stuff right. like that sometimes, you know, where it was like, oh, Spanish fly. Well, because it would irritate 
the sexual organs, basically. And, and mm. that was the, the theory as to that. But again, like cures like in homeopathy. And if you bring up the homeopathic hit Cantharis, we'll go through some of these. And again, it's not exhaustive because it's a homeopathic quick hit. Uh, Cantharis is the remedy known for burns and bladder irritations. So welcome back, homeopathic hits. It is the segment on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We try to do every day. We do a live show, a new show. And this is primarily known for its effectiveness in treating burns and scalds and urinary tract irritations. So we're going to explore a little bit of what Cantharis is good for in these areas. And the origin, as we talked about, is known as the Spanish fly made from the beetle Cantharis vesicatoria. How do you say this? Vesicatoria. I, you never use the second word, really, but uh, Cantharis. In homeopathy, it's used for its healing properties, particularly in cases of burns and urinary tract issues. The beetle is dried and crushed to make the homeopathic remedy. Now, the key characteristics when we talk about physical, we think of and look at, if you open the material medic, you'll see it, it's emphasized. Application and treating burns and scalds and sunburns, even that produce blisters. Now, if you rub this beetle bug on, you probably would blister. I mean, that's the like cures like element of it. But as a homeopathic, you counteract that. Widely known for its use against urinary tract infections, symptoms like burning pain during urination. Now, there are, of course, mental and emotional. There are a lot of aspects of this we can't go into. If you open the Materia Medica, you can search it. But mentally, there may be an increased irritability or restlessness associated with the discomfort caused by Conditions treated with cantharis. Primary uses, once again, burns, scalds. Highly effective for first and second degree burns, especially when blisters are present. So you can utilize the silver and aloe topically, but take homeopathic cantharis internally for urinary tract infections, cystitis, intense burning, constant urge to urinate. Cantharis is your number one go-to for most cases. Now, low potencies, if you have a 6X, 10X, 12X, 12Z, you can take it frequently in the time of a UTI or something like that. And if you're dealing with the higher, more intense uh, symptoms, higher potencies, you can. Uh, you can go higher. It's okay. But even if you only have the low potencies, you just use them more frequently. So as we scroll down, and by the way, this PDF document is available to you for free, thanks to Super D. And I would urge you to at least share the show as a thank you for Super Don's efforts here. But if you'd like to even consider becoming part of our Patreon family uh, to support us in other ways, any as little as five bucks a month, we appreciate that very much because there's always stuff that comes up. And I thank you so much for your consideration there. Now, complementary remedies, aconitum napellus. We've done aconite, I believe, often using the initial stages of urinary tract infection, especially when symptoms start suddenly. Now, if we have not done aconitum, I apologize. It's hard to know which ones we've done or not. I've been doing these remedies for years. And aconitum, as I always say, is the remedy for the first sign of anything, the first sign of anything. But we can go through that another time. Apis mellifica is another considered remedy in burns and stings. That's the venom of the honeybee. Uh, urinary tract issues with stinging sensations can be addressed with a little bit of apis. And then I add another remedy in here, berberus vulgaris. Burning pains in the kidney and bladder, urinary tract issues. Now, any and all of these remedies can have other uses, but they're complementary to the primary focus today of cantharis so if you want to go further you can even do a search online or you can get a materia medica now remember cantharis used uh for safely for a lot of things when you have a severe burn or a deep wound you might want to get some kind of care uh, maybe consult with a doctor who's trained not to hopefully poison you but to care for you and in cases of severe urinary tract infections you may need to seek help and do other remedies as we do and talk about here but uh, i want you to have this information so that you can make better informed decisions. 
As we review, in conclusion, Cantharis, a versatile homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for treating burns, scalds, UTIs. Keep tuning in to the Robert Scabell Show. In addition to all the stuff we do, the homeopathic hits are a whole lot of fun. I think I'm having fun with it now. <laughs> Remember, it's not intended to replace your doctor if you choose to have one or to diagnose, prevent, treat, and you know, all that stuff you're supposed to not say. But it's designed to give you information, education, so you can make fully informed decisions about the care of yourself, your family, your loved ones, your kids, all of that, which is a birthright in what? Health freedom or medical freedom, which is the question coming up in hour two, Super Don. How about that? That's right. So in the meantime, take a pause, go pee. Hopefully it doesn't burn. If it does, you got him called <laughs> And we'll be back with more powerful healing after this because the power to heal is yours. All right, crank it up hour two. Got some deals coming your way. And, and some of them I just learned about before I went to air today, and I've got to let you know about them. Super Don's working busily behind the scenes to get them posted on a special page at robertscottbell.com, even as we're still migrating or immigrating or what is it called? Transferring the, the site from GoDaddy to SiteGround. Uh, that's still happening, but uh, we're still going to get these things done for you. The best deals you've been waiting for. And so, uh, Super Don, I don't know if you're able to open up your mic and, and I can share some things verbally and you can let me know what's already up there and what you're working on. Uh, some things we've learned about just recently. Sure. Uh, first things first, Nutritional Frontiers. We just saw an email and maybe you're already getting those emails from them, but it's a what they call a line drive sale. Everything on sale, 15% off. Guess what though? Because you're part of the Robert Chappell Show family. The RSB15 code means you can double dip on everything. Black Friday sale, November 20th through the November 30th timeframe. Free shipping for online orders over 99 bucks. Use the discount code RSB15 to get an additional 15% off. Now, you've been wanting to get what? Enter DMG, which we use every day, the lozenges. How about the super creatine that's giving me muscles galore? You're like, whoa, where'd that come from? Well, that, that stuff's amazing. Super creatine. And so many other great formulas that they have we've talked about here. Uh, use the code RSB15. Get 15% off an additional 15% off of their uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, right through the 20th through the 30th. And today is the 21st. So that sale is going on right now at Nutritional Frontiers. Y'all been waiting. Now's the time. Jump on it. Get it. And remember the code. Uh, another thing I just learned this morning, talking with my good friend, Bobri Oren. And Bobri, you know, uh, from Folium PX, this is the Chernobyl level antioxidant. You get what I'm saying here. It's the stuff that got my mom back on the dance floor at 89. This is the thing when people are calling me with like, ah, oh, man, this is bad, right? What do I do? I'm saying Folium PX, get on it. FoliumPX.com, Folium products, uh, Folium Original, Folium Immuno, Folium Relax. And uh, Bobri said, I was talking to him, I was like, hey, Bobri, you know, let's do something special for the Robert Scott Bell Show family. Can you give him an extra 5%, make it a 15% off deal instead of the 10? He's like, okay, we'll do it. How long? He says, well, how about let's get people jump on it right now between now and what they call Cyber Monday. What is Monday's date? I don't even know. Let's see. Special discount for the holidays until Monday. I think at 10 p.m. Pacific time. So you got till 1 a.m. Eastern time on Monday. 15% off Folium products. 
And we've got a few numbers here. Take a screen grab of this that Super Don has put up here. You can call 818-996-4325, or you can text Bobri directly, 818-926-3124, or another number, 818-832-6200. Or if you want, if you do email, you can go info at foliumpx.com. You've got to mention RSB. And he's made his customer service team aware of this, that you'll get 15% off from now until Cyber Monday. If you've been waiting to jump on the Folium products and give them a try, and Lord knows you need to, this is the time, 15% off. And uh, Bob Ree was like, you can tell it would hurt him to do it. I mean, look, he, he's working hard for not a lot to do this mission. And I appreciate him. I support him. This product is that good. Give it a go. Invest in your health. Foliumpx.com, RSB, the code between now and Cyber Monday, 15% off. But mention RSB or else you ain't going to get it. Just saying. All right. What else do you got, Super Don, as far as uh, the deals coming up that we can reveal already? Or where can they go on the website? What is this one? <gasps> the Tuttle Twins. Black Friday sales, 75% off. How do they Yeah, how do they this get is that? a little harder to see. I, I wasn't prepared to show this up on the screen. If you go to the yeah. website... Okay. Um, you can see it, and it's it's a little easier to see. But let me uh, let me get into the right thing here. So, they've got two things here. This is their mega bundle, with, which I think is like all of the books, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like the whole deal, the whole uh, enchilada, I guess they say, right? Where you get all the America's history, the guidebooks, the uh, these combo packs, the toddler books. It's like the entire thing, which, you know, a lot of people uh, may think, you know, what could I get kids for Christmas, right? And this would be, be a great thing. It's like it's over $1,000 value, and it's 75% off at 273 bucks. And so that banner is up there. Then they've got another one, which is a, a uh, not as uh, expensive deal, mm -hmm. also 75% off. Yeah. This is... All 13 of their paperback books, all 13 of the audio books, their activity workbooks, the parent guides, and uh, these uh, rebuttals ebooks, and mm -hmm. that is seventy five percent off. It's under hundred bucks. It's three hundred seventy bucks usually. The Tuttle Twins are doing amazing work. We talked last hour about how to get the young people connected. Raise them on the Tuttle Twins books. If you're doing homeschool, or even if you're not, you got to counter program them from school that they're going to. Tuttle Twins books. TuttleTwins.com. Again, the deal is what a direct link that we have, or is it a yeah? You just click on the link and and okay. uh, and and you get the deal. All right, so if you appreciate the Robert Scott Bell Show and all we click bring on the you, banner, yeah, click on the banner at robertscottbell.com. It'll take you there to get these. Go to the more tab, uh, and it's Black Friday specials. Then we've got what else have I got up there? I've got the uh, the Sovereign Silver. We talked about this last week. Black it's Friday still bundle, going on. Yes. Skincare bundle along with copper, and uh, you get gifts including yep. a tote bag. And yep. then there's the uh, immune support twenty percent off bundle including a really cool Sovereign Silver coffee mug. So I like that. So I'm thinking because I'm still I'm still mm -hmm. getting uh, the stuff put together on the on the website. Yeah. Um. I I'm, I I think I'll probably consider uh, doing like an email. Okay. With all maybe with, with all, all the, the special. Yeah. I don't know if I should do all the specials or I should just do an email for each I th one. I think it. Well, it's a question of how many emails you could do. Kill a lot of birds with one stone, so to speak. Sorry, vegan. And just do it's just one. A figure speech, but. Uh, <laughs> But the idea of of sending it out, like here are all the, the Black Friday, Cyber Monday type deals for the yeah. Robert Scott Bell Show family, right? Yeah. And you could do one all in one, and then we could do special ones if we need to right. on top of that. Like the right. Tuttle Twins, that's amazing. 
Yeah, it's a big deal. Very mean. popular, Connor Boyack. We've had him on the show. He's a great yeah. guy, and and he's you know designed uh, and authored these books, and it's just you know this is the the stuff kids are but should be learning. Yeah, exactly. That they're not teaching in the schools. Yeah, exactly right. I just realized I, I did the homeopathic kit an hour early. I, I just for some reason I had it in my mind to do it in the first well, hour, but that's okay. Freeze us up. We got a question of the day. We'll get to later too. Um, <laughs> so it. Anyway, you know, you, I'll give you a no. break because you're a homeopath, so you just you couldn't help yourself, right? Couldn't, I was excited. You got genuinely excited. Yeah. Cantharis is a really cool remedy, and and it doesn't mean you you wouldn't do, uh, let's say, uh, cranberry, demanos, and dandelion. I, I almost put taraxacum as a remedy associated with it because it obviously affects the liver and the kidneys. It's a wonderful uh, botanical as well as a homeopathic remedy, but um, I thought berberis would be actually more appropriate for the theme of that homeopathic hit. And again, I don't remember if we've done aconitum napellus or not, but that's the first sign of anything. And, and there are some great things that you can learn about uh, when we're doing these homeopathic hits and begin to research and explore your, your own, uh, you know, materia medica or go online and you can read about these things. And I, I think it's an exciting new thing after all my reluctance. And, and once we did that uh, question of the day in the newsletter and I saw the results, I was like, holy crap, what was I thinking? Which, by the way, it. those of you that are subscribed to the newsletter, you may have been wondering where where it's been. It it, it hasn't gone out the last, uh, it, it's been a little bit. And it was just because I was so consumed by what What's was going the, the on. Wedding. Yeah, so we'll be back on track for, for tomorrow's. Life happens and then Super Don doesn't get things done because there's too much to do. <laughs> on top of planning a wedding. Good Lord. Couldn't help it, man. But it went really well, as we covered in the first hour. If you want to see the teary-eyed video that got us banned on Facebook, uh, the mommy-daddy, no, the father-daughter. What is it? Yeah, father-daughter dance. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was really cool. Note to self, do not play Frank Sinatra on uh, Right, apparently that's Facebook. not cool. So, yeah. even though I liked it. So, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, yeah, it was funny. Uh, at the gym, I was going to do a little gym exploit talk, just because I can. Mm -hmm. uh, and remember 15% off the, uh, um, the super creatine too. Also the cardio miracle the cardio miracle is so efficient, super D. And I know you take it every day. I push it to the limits today. Why did I do eight, nine, nine, 18 rounds instead of just nine rounds today? Because it was mostly upper body and arms. And the trainers know that if they don't make me kick and use my legs, it's very hard for me to get up into those higher, what we call pulse points that I like to get. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't getting the pulse points today because it was mostly upper body. And I'm like, it doesn't take a lot of oxygen and, and blood flow for that for me anymore. The legs, of course, you do a lot of legs, then yeah, I can get, get that elevated. So it didn't. So I went 18 rounds, but then again, to get there to the pulse points, I was like, I did the challenge of the week yesterday and I did pretty well. I just grabbed one of the medicine balls. It's uh, it was a, um, like a jumping jack with the medicine ball. It's like you put that over your head and you do a jumping jacket down and then you do a shin kick to the, the bag that's kind of horizontal. And that's one. And then you do it with the other leg and you do it for three minutes. And it was it was pretty hard. I was I was kind of awkward. This wasn't in rhythm, but I did pretty well yesterday. And then I come today and I'm like, oh, Kiki, whoop, whoop my butt again. Right. She's, she's like so focused. But she also did the middle round uh, uh, weight. So I, I didn't know. I just grabbed it. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to do the heavy weight today. And I went up a, a couple of pounds at least. I don't know what it was. And I did it again. And I beat Kiki today. 105 right. to 101. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Until she sees it, she's going to be pissed. 
So then there's cantharis for her. She's pissed off. You got homeopathic cantharis. You're going to be so in big trouble later. You got it covered. But the cardio miracle is also, we always have the special deals for you available. You mentioned RSB. Well, I will give, I'll tell you, I've, I've been in contact with the folks over there. Okay. Uh, and there is something coming here. Let me see if I can, I, I might be able to give you just a little, little teaser here. Let's see here. How about, let's see. Uh, uh, okay, so I don't know what the deal is going to be for Black Friday. Okay. Um, but I should be finding out about that any time here. But also, I can just give you a heads up. There's also going to be this this mega awesome end of the year sale. Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if you don't get around to stocking up on Black Friday, uh, you can't expect that next month, uh, end of the year, there's going to be a big sale. Okay. So if you're if you're looking for a stock up either this black either this coming Friday uh, or the end of year you're gonna have an opportunity to save a few bucks. Very very good to know. Very yeah. good to know. All right, let's see what else we got uh, happening here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Big question of this hour is what is medical freedom? What is medical freedom? And this is a brownstone article, uh, and it's a it's interesting. One. It's very detailed. It's a long long build up to what Clayton J Baker, MD decides what medical freedom is because there's not an official definition on Wikipedia apparently for it. And uh, it's been a, uh, well, say a sticking point for me. And I don't like to use the term medical freedom. I like health freedom better. It's more all encompassing because, you know, freedom within medicine. Okay. What does that mean? Really? That's a good question. What does medical freedom mean to you? And that's what he was asking. And he did find people were really utilizing that broader term of health freedom. And yet, uh, it's, you know, we've been denigrated as anarchists or terrorists simply because we don't want the federal government or any medical association of any kind telling us what we can or can't utilize or know about what we want to utilize or share with others. So, uh, you know, are we a national security risk? I don't think so, but I think the government thinks so because, as I point out how many times, if you can cure cancer without chemo, radiation, or surgery, and you hang a shingle, and you make the claim, the federal government will come in with everything they got, guns a-blazing, to shut you down. And I said yesterday, like a time machine, they'll go back in time to find you. It's so quick. Whereas if they really believed Osama bin Laden was that dangerous after 9-11, why did it take them eight or nine or whatever years it was to so-called find him? Apparently he was on hemodialysis in a cave in Tora Bora. There's a lot of weirdness about that, but just suffice it to say, they believe that if you believe in health freedom and you actually step out and live that, they are going to come and find you and put you out of business. That's the least they'll, they'll try to do. Now, there are many people within the medical profession, the nursing profession, all the licensed professions that are now trying to find a way to get out from the restrictions of their license because they realize the license is not freedom. A license is a control factor. It's a permission slip to do that, which would otherwise be considered illegal. And why should it be illegal to cure any disease without federal government authority or approval? Does everybody think of that? I mean, Benjamin Rush, going back to George Washington's time, since we're talking history, was supposedly, supposedly had said, it was credited with this, that unless we put medical freedom into the Constitution, a time will come when medicine will organize into an undercover dictatorship to restrict the art of healing to one class of men and deny equal privileges to all others. And this would constitute the bestial, you know, of uh, uh, you know, medical science, America. It, it'd, be, it'd be a horrible thing, basically. And he says all such laws that would restrict that freedom 
would, would be considered un-American and despotic and have no place in a republic. And yet we didn't put medical freedom or health freedom into the Constitution, even though I think it was embedded because the 10 amendments, first 10, well, the 10 amendments that contain more than just 10 things, but they're not rights that are granted to you, Bill of Rights. They are literally restrictions on government to not violate or abrogate your rights that are not all exhaustive listed in those 10 amendments either. Uh, by the way, Benjamin Rush signed the Declaration of Independence. He was a physician to George Washington going back into that level of history. He was also not a fan of natural medicine. As far as I know, and in the reading of his history, he wasn't a homeopath. He was an allopath, but he recognized freedom before allopathic medicine. You know, it was a, a monopoly, but he recognized where it could go. And he was prophetic in that way. He knew history. And yet we didn't heed his warnings either. Quite prophetic. So if we go into uh, uh, medical freedom, uh, the author here highlights Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, who's got some street cred in terms of health freedom or medical freedom. Uh, in a bill he calls himself, they call Florida the medical freedom state because they prohibited uh, government and business entities from requiring individuals to provide proof of vaccination or post-infection recovery from any disease to gain access to entry upon or services from such entities, prohibiting employers from refusing employment or discharging, disciplining, demoting, or otherwise discriminating against individuals solely on the basis of vaccination or immunity status, and preventing discrimination against uh, Floridians related to COVID-19 vaccination or immunity status. I mean, these are good steps. You think that you wouldn't have to do them, but apparently we do. Those are the things that we had to do. This is in the Brownstone Institute article. As we go down further, uh, this doctor who wrote this article, he says, medical freedom is a moral, ethical, and legal concept essential to the just and proper practice of medicine that asserts the following. So he's going into medicine as a medical freedom, okay? So that's why it's different, I think, a little bit from health freedom. He says, one, the individual patient's autonomy over his or her own body with regard to any and all medical treatment is absolute and inalienable. I don't have a problem with that. That's a good statement. Two, physicians and public health officials do not possess the authority to deprive any citizen of their fundamental civil rights, including during a declared medical emergency. No problem with that. It's good. Three, the four fundamental pillars of medical ethics, autonomy, beneficence, non-maleficence, and justice are essential to medical practice and must be observed at all times by all physicians, nurses, public health officials, researchers, manufacturers, and all others involved in health care. Right. That's within the medical realm. Now, first, do no harm is the first thing they violate when they write a prescription for a drug or a vaccine or anything like that. But there's a lot more to it than that. And he goes into a lot more than that. And I think it's a, an article worth reading and sharing if you want to get into the intellectual establishment of definitions when we say the word medical freedom or health freedom. So I applaud uh, Dr. Baker for writing this. But fundamentally, health freedom is a broader freedom, although I sometimes feel bad that I have to hyphenate any freedom, you know, freedom. What are the limits of your freedom? The freedom of someone else. Pretty straightforward, right? And I would say if we are <clears throat> to go to an even deeper level of freedom, it might be what really instigated the dawning of this American Republic. Initially with the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and then the Constitution. It was a yearning for spiritual freedom. So many came to this continent, North America, all those centuries ago now, looking to be able to live their lives as they saw fit and worship as they saw fit and not be encumbered by a king, a queen, an emperor, or a government of any kind telling them how they should live and believe, have faith or not have faith, whatever. 
And that is fundamental, I think, to why if there are good people of faith, they become bad people of faith or people of bad faith when they want to establish their religion as the only religion or as the state sanctioned religion as you know, that's again, the first amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It wasn't about prohibition of freedom of religion. It was that the government would not adopt one over any others, although they have. And much to the chagrin of my Christian friends, it's not Christianity. Although you would argue, and many would, Judeo-Christian principles abound at the foundation of this American republic. But what was adopted and is still in force in America today is the church of pharmaceutical mysticism, modern medicine. We talk about medical freedom, freedom within a system of medical or pharmaceutical slavery. That's not really freedom. That is hyphenated in a bad way. And so the idea for those people of faith, you recognize you don't want the government to sanction one religion over another because what if it's not your religion? Even if it is now, what happens when somebody else takes it over? Again, we see this long view of recognizing why the founding fathers were wise in saying freedom of religion. And that doesn't mean freedom from religion. And it doesn't mean you're prohibited from bringing your religious beliefs into, you know, if you serve in government in some way. It's just that you couldn't sanction it as the only way to live, like Sharia law or anything like that. However, outside of the government, you know, if we go into concepts of golden rule or um, the, the golden rule, this concept, do unto others, that kind of thing. As I say, your freedom ends where another's begins. And that is a simple process that I think you can explain to kids far greater or easier than you can explain to people in government, whether they be Democrat or Republican for the most part, with some exceptions. And of course, we'll get into libertarian philosophy, whether it's big L or little L in terms of party politics, but the idea of the fundamentals of agreement I come back to Richard Mayberry's wonderful book, uh, Whatever Happened to Justice, boiling down what's in common, you know, for most of the religions of the world or spiritual beliefs of the world. Do all you have agreed to do, right? Contract, the basis of contract law. You have to make an agreement, fulfill it. Do not encroach on other persons or their property. That's tort, criminal kind of things. You're not violating by stealing or breaking or, you know, that kind of thing. And those two laws, right? Mayberry's two laws, as we call it, pretty good way to live. And we could see that if these third-party interveners, globalists intervening with Israel and everything else or other areas of the world, Ukraine, Russia, et cetera, if the people of those countries were left of their own accord to figure out how to get along with one another, you'd have far less conflict elevating and escalating to the point of rampant killing of innocents everywhere. I, I don't believe that the average Israeli or the average is there something called a Hamasian? I, I know I'm getting into some dangerous territory even talking about it. You know, the difficulty, of course, is over the many decades or now generations of this animosity has happened, that people have been raised to believe their sole purpose in life is to kill someone else or eradicate an entire country, for instance. It's very hard to combat that because they're, in, they're, they're inclined to do violence. Now, we can make excuses or we can make explanations or we could say, I'm going to lay blame because of this behavior led to this. But then again, the study of history would show us that we are learning about ourselves throughout that time period. 
Now, I know not everybody believes that they have lived here on this planet before many times and have come back to learn the same lessons that they haven't learned before. But let's just say it isn't that. We can learn from histories as if it were the others and not us doing the same thing stupidly and not thinking that we'd have any consequences to it. The recognition is that we grow up, put on our big boy pants, big girl pants, whatever it is, and say, you know, my gosh, we're responsible for our actions and our behaviors. And there are consequences to those actions and behaviors. And this karmic loop seems to continue ad infinitum because we don't break free of the strings that bind us, the karmic debt. If you want to speak in Eastern terms or Christ talks about as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Cause and effect. Again, law of karma, karma law of consequences. How do you get off that wheel? right? How do you stop creating those ties that bind by investing in that anger, the seething hatred and rage, which is happening? And it's the question about those who are protesting one side or the other. I, you know, I just got questions of how, how engaged you are in the reality of that history and how we got here and looking to correct that as opposed to condemning whole peoples and whole cultures and reminding, you know, uh, this reminds me again of holding individuals accountable for their actions and their behavior. Because if every American was held accountable for all the things that Biden has done or Obama has done, and you know, go back to the various representatives, presidents, et cetera, man, we are in a heap of trouble. And then you could argue, of course, there are karmic debts and burdens of nations, you know, as you individually add them all together and you go, okay, here now you've done this. This is what's now coming back. And I can think in terms of the opium wars against China, particularly England was involved in the United Kingdom at that point as an empire in, in trying to hook everybody on opium to be able to take it over and do all those horrible things. And now we see these things revisited coming back in terms of drugs. Now I'm seeing it more in the United States, maybe in England it's, it's going on as well, but with fentanyl, you know, how many people were in England at the time of the empire are now born into America and now having to pay back the debt that they paid to China or how, you know, follow me here. I know it's a lot. Your ears are probably smoking. You're either angry or confused. I don't know which, but I'm just letting loose on this stuff. So you consider how do we come better, more responsible, spiritual beings? And I don't mean this in a new age, airy fairy way. That's not at all what I'm saying, but in a reality of acknowledging the responsibility we have been given by God who created us to live moral, ethical, whatever kind of lives to lead by example, not by beating people who believe differently than us into submission. But at the same time, not giving up your right of, of defense, of self-defense, of taking care of your family, your friends, your, even your nation and protecting, which Biden is not doing clearly by going, come on in, everybody. We don't care who you are. You don't like us. You hate us. You want to kill us. That's, that's suicidal behavior. Question is, are you going to engage in that, whether it be through an election process or otherwise? I don't know. But these are the thoughts that come to my mind as Super Don throws out these great articles, this one particularly about medical freedom, and look at where it went. Super Don's going, aye, 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 aye. <laughs> there you go again. That's what's supposed to happen. It is supposed to happen, I guess. Yeah. It's a talk show. Right? You're supposed to talk. And I'm talking. Yes. I'm letting loose. So y'all, let me know what you think. Bonkers? Fine. Whatever. I can handle it. I'm a big boy. But you guys, I appreciate you being with me and sharing this show. Even better, become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show and join us in the next Zoom AMA. Dude, that's Ask coming up. When is that? Coming so up. It's like it's like Wednesday of next week, I think, Wednesday the 29th. the 29th, 7 yeah. p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Speaking of that, Wednesday, we have Zen Honeycutt scheduled. She's awesome. Mom's across America, and she's scheduled for the first hour. Can we bump her to the second hour if that's possible, do you think? 
I don't know why. Well, I was uh, thinking if Judy Mikovits is available that day with Bobbery, I would like to get them on. It might only be available for the first hour. So I'm I, I know we've in. rescheduled Zen already once. We have. I'll talk to her and see if it's possible. Okay. But anyway, right. we'll, we'll work on that. But anyway, Wednesday the 29th is going to be a big day. That's our next Zoom AMA. You can participate. If you can't join us live, Super Don makes the video available and the chat that happens available through our uh, our Patreon account. For Patreon supporters, yeah. yes. And also Members. my, my uh, hour-long lecture that I gave for Healing Strong, which goes into the various modalities of natural and not natural medicines, it's really got rave reviews. You've, yeah, you've gotten some good uh, feedback on that, haven't you? So if you'd like to see that, we've made it available first for our patron supporters before we make it available for the wider public. And I don't know when that'll be, maybe in the new year. So if you'd like to take part in that, as little as five bucks a month, it's nothing really compared to what people are paying for entertainment and not getting this kind of information, education, and empowerment. Just saying. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just silly. That's all. feel really silly. Hey, should the U.S. Army feel really silly? And the DOD for what they did to soldiers, to Navy men, you know, going into all of the armed forces is, to say, hey, get is out this of here. What, you're not is, getting the shot. Is this what they call eating crow? Yeah. I think it is, isn't it? I think they should eat the crow that they tried to inject into the soldiers. U.S. Army is having a hard time recruiting. And it's like, oh, what, we can't get enough woke people to join? Now it's asking soldiers who are dismissed for refusing COVID-19 injections to come back. Please come back. Please. Please. We'll expunge your records that said you were a bad boy or bad girl because you wouldn't get the shot. Yep. I was actually watching uh, Fox this morning, and they they talked about this briefly. And so I, I guess they have like a yearly quota, right? And they had a quota for this year. Mm -hmm. And they came up short for their quota. Yeah. And they're concerned about that. Unfortunately, what they're talking about is because of what – going on right now yeah uh geopolitically right mm -hmm. and so they're concerned that we don't have a, a strong enough force uh not just in the army but in the other uh, uh branches to deal with a situation should uh we end up having to get involved further which i you know i i hesitate to talk about because nobody i nobody wants that mm -hmm. but the more that that is going on here uh, the closer that reality becomes, I think. And so, I mean, could you imagine if we ended up some sort of conflict with like China or something, you know, it's like, yeah. so anyway, they, they were like 2000 people short of their like quota. So now they're apparently going, Oh, listen, whoops. Sorry. Did, I, did we do that? Yeah. yeah no, no, I can't believe that. So if you guys come on back, I know that we totally just, you know, screwed up your, your plans and, and uh, kicked you out because you wouldn't get the vaccine. But if you come back, we will. And I like the way they word this. We will correct your record. Because <laughs> they screwed up, didn't you're they? You're going to correct yeah. their record? Yeah. What does that mean? If you're going to correct something, that means you made a mistake. Are you going to admit, oh, we made a mistake? No. What they're going to say is regulations have changed. And yeah. so you can come back and we will, we will change it from uh, being kicked out because you would not comply to I don't know what, but yeah. Listen, the and here's the of, thing. You know how many people have come back? Uh, I don't think anybody's coming back. 18. 18 came back? Wow. Yeah, that was the number that I saw. I heard this morning. You figure these guys, they go into the military, right? Uh, they've got these plans on what they're going to do, why they're going into the military. A lot of them, they want to get that on their resume. They want to mm -hmm. get some training and some experience and maybe help pay for their college or, or you know, whatever. 
and then the military goes, nope, sorry. Uh, if we're, you you got to do what we say you got to do here with this vaccine. Otherwise, you, you have to leave. They stick to their guns, right? They stand their ground, mm-hmm. and they choose to be kicked out versus giving in and violating their own principles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how likely is it that you think that these people now are just going to go, oh, okay, I'll come back? No, these people, I mean, how long has it been now? You know, a couple of years? Yeah. Uh, they've no, they've on. gone on with their life now. Yeah. But what, yeah. What, what about the, let's say, Department of Defense or Pentagon, whatever you want to call it, that runs the uh, armed services? What is it about their penchant for attacking maybe people that could defend this country when needed in real, in real, in reality? Right. Uh, their assault on them has been through experimental injections, air guns or needles. These injections called vaccines. And they've been guinea pigs before they even hit the battlefield weakening the capacity of the average soldier or otherwise to defend in a real, you know, conflagration, a real war, weakening them, not only the wokeness that is weak, but the injections that weaken the body's immune system and functional systems, including their ability to be strong and, and able to take on the world, so to speak, or, you know, whatever you need to take on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whoever thinks that you can run your military by poisoning the people in it, that tells me those people are anti-American too. Isn't that weird to say that? No, no you're right. Yeah. You are right. And, you know, I mean, you, you take this to, you know, um, say to uh, a place like this. Uh, we're already, I think, fighting an uphill battle with these younger generations on getting them enthusiastic about being patriotic, about defending their country, you know, about, about things like that. So I, I think that, there was de- definitely some damage done there to these younger people who, yeah. you know, were, who now probably feel a little bit uh, disenfranchised, maybe a little jaded, right? Yeah. Uh, and and uh, not feeling like they would want to do something like that again. Yeah. Chris says, regardless of whether a vet returns to service, the Army military ought to change their discharges from dishonorable to honorable. Yeah, that's the least, the least they could or should. Well, you do. know, and that's a good, actually, that's a good point, because what about the people that uh, that left or got kicked out that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they can't come back, maybe, let's mm-hmm. say. Sure. They still, and actually, you know what, I'd have to go back and look and see if it was, if it was it a dishonorable discharge? I think so. That they got I don't think they got honorable. I don't know. But or maybe just a general discharge. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have to go, go look. But anything less than an honorable? Yeah. Yeah. I think if they've changed the if they've changed the requirements, then that should be. They, they're dishonored by those that they were serving. Yeah. That should be retroactive, uh, I think, for that, these guys. Yeah. You think. Anyway, but I don't know who would want to join right now that the state of the military, the wokeness, the well, mandatory ejections to be and, on COVID. And, yeah. And how about, you know, just how about just. Uh, if you look at what's going on in the world, you can pretty much bet that there's a good chance you may end up uh, actually fighting. I don't know how many people join, you know, because listen, when they when they try and convince you to join the military, yeah. it's like the guys show up and they go, hey, check it out. If you join the military, we'll put you out on the front line so that you can probably end up getting killed. No, mm-hmm. people aren't getting, no, nobody's going to be like, no, okay, yeah, that sounds like fun. no. It's like, look, you can come in here, you get all these benefits, we'll pay for your college, you know, you get you get money and you get all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And they 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 highlight all of the the bells and whistles, you know. And right mm-hmm. now you look at what's going on in the world, looks kind of risky to me. 
So yeah, unless you like really want to put your life on the line, yeah. you got to think about what's going on here. Yeah, this is no longer a, a peacetime military as if it ever has been. But now, does uh, that make me unpatriotic to, to say that to to make people go well, and think about whether they want to die uh, well, for you know where, truly but, die for their country like but that? It, but the, then the question becomes: Are you really dying for your country or somebody else's? Or yeah, for a war that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, for a war that is is really you know uh, that that our government has played a role in creating mm -hmm. so that you could go and die for right. it. And what for? What for really? And what, do, what about- What is it the, being fought for? Is it for, for sure. oil? Yeah. You know? Is, what are is the it, policies uh, that brought us here? And are they really to strengthen our country, America first? And, and the thing is, every other country on the planet has got to think about themselves first, right? Why is it America is not allowed to think about America first? I'm serious. And, and, and what does that entail? No, we got to defend everybody else. Yep. Well, we took it yeah. upon ourselves after world war two to do that. Through we NATO are the, yeah, we're the, yeah. the superpower of the world, right? Mm -hmm. We're the, the, the yeah. policeman of, of, of the, uh, the world. And, uh, you know, you know, under, I, you know, look, things happen and, and people have to defend people and you do, you have allies uh, you know, it'd be like your neighbor, you know, if your neighbor was getting attacked by a dog or a burglar or something like that, would you run over and try and help him? Of course you would. Uh, you know, that's just, I would say that's a Christian thing to do, right? Right. So, you know, I can understand defending freedom, but I yeah. think the, the whole freedom thing is very loose. It's it's used yeah, way yeah. too much, right? Define it. Define the word. Define your terms. That's kind of right. like when we're talking about medical freedom and health freedom, just as we open up. You get to protect line. freedom. Just yeah. make sure that that's what you're actually doing. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, whatever you think, let us know. Uh, you can also uh, send us messages at robertscottbell.com. You can call us and leave a message at 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. You can also text this number, double six eight double six, and you will... Text my initials, R-S-B, and then you will be prompted to enter your email address if you're not already getting the uh, the newsletter. There it is, double six eight double six, and send R-S-B to that as a text. It will prompt you to enter your email address so you can get plugged into all of the things. Now that Super Don's uh, daughter's wedding's out of the way, you'll get some get some communiques, <laughs> including yeah. all the best deals for Cyber Monday. You know all the stuff end of year deals that are coming. I want to get you the best health stuff you can for yourself, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Best gift you can give anybody is a gift of health, isn't it not? And a lot of people are struggling. You might be able to have some kind of bonus come in. I hope, I pray that is, and then you'll be able to pay that forward. Give that, you know, gift of health and healing to someone else as well. Uh, it's uh, it's enough plastic crap from China, isn't it? Are we over that yet? Can we get onto the role of living healthily? And whatever that investment is, I, you know, I talked to people about Thanksgivings and stuff. And, you know, I was talking this, this morning at the gym. Hey, how you doing? Are you, you getting good organic food? Da, da, da. You know, one of the ladies there told me about her, her uh, younger, her younger sister, 35 years of age, colon cancer, stage four, already been through chemo, surgery, brutal. She says, yeah, I need to get my, my sister to follow you. I'm like, well, if I can help her more, let me know. But you know, has she gone organic? Yeah, she's gone organic now. It's good, good. What about you? Well, not so much. I'm like, I can't state, overstate the importance of reducing the inflow of toxic poisons because there's plenty we can't control for. I acknowledge that. I also acknowledge that even if you eat all organic like I do, 
it's still not perfect because nothing on this planet is in terms of the cleanliness of the Garden of Eden compared to now. But every step in that direction toward cleaning up, it shows to, to me, and I think it's a commitment to that which created you, that you love yourself enough to give yourself the best. Now, if you don't believe that it's true, why would you ever go out of your way or spend a little bit more on food? Because food's already so darn expensive. But as I've said in my lifetime, I've made that the priority. And, you know, as, as people see me, yeah, I've got some gray hair, Super Don, I acknowledge it. But dude, I recovered so fast from that shoulder injury last week. I could. That's I like, amazing. Yeah. I was like, what the? Now I went in, granted, last week on Tuesday after the injury, because I had done some treatment on it, some laser and stuff. And I went in and it was so sore the rest of the week. I'm like, I, I couldn't go back into the gym last week after the Tuesday workout. But I let it rest. And then as of uh, yesterday, went back in the gym. Nothing. No problem. It was stronger than ever. Went in today. No problem. So the ability now, by the way, I was also doing the transdermal CBD from nutritional frontiers. That was great. I was also taking homeopathic remedies, Arnica, right. Uh, and the various different things that I, you know, I've told you about for injuries and of course done the super creatine to repair, to rebuild and grow. And these things are, you know, matter the circulatory system matters. I'm doing cardio miracle. I did extra, uh, Alta Silica that I get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. You use the code RSB5 to get a discount there. Uh, that's choosetobehealthy.com, 866-424-1077. And that's the silica silicon that's whole food. I take three, uh, and I've been doing probably three, two to three times a day. So I've been really loading a little bit more silica in me. To, and also I was doing a lot of the sovereign copper. So granted, there are tools that I engaged in using. Here's the bioactive copper hydrosol, sovereign copper. We give, a lot of times I give this stuff away as gifts for the Zoom AMAs. We got gifts from our sponsors to give to you. Uh, but these are things that when you need them, I think all the time we need them, but you have intense moments of recovery due to injuries or challenges or illness. When do you take more sovereign silver, Super Don? When you're well? No, when you're like, oh man, I succumbed to it. Now I'm pounding it, right? But yeah. it's appropriate then. And so the point is utilizing the natural things we have to recover quickly at any age. And I just thought, even I'm mystified and amazed. As we get it. older, we need as much as we can get, right? We need all the help we can get, exactly. That's right. So I'm appreciative of that. All right, Moderna halts the Epstein-Barr mRNA vaccine trial. Why? Case of what? Myocarditis. Whoops. Oh, the next round of mRNA sucking the eggs again, but not using eggs. <laughs> Moderna halted its phase one trial of an mRNA vaccine to treat Epstein-Barr. Again, this is the whole viral causation controversy we talk about here. After a single suspected case of myocarditis in an adolescent, raising questions about the heart-damaging technology used in all mRNA vaccines, according to a report by Alex Barrison. This is an article by John Michael Dumais. And this is, we have it at The Defender, and it's linked in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. One suspected case of myocarditis halted this thing. What about the thousands or more of previous mRNAs for COVID? Did they halt anything? No, they're still promoting COVID boosters or next-generation COVID shots, even though only 2 to 3% are uptaken it anyway, so they've lost. But, dude, really? The mRNA is going to save them? No, absolutely. It's revealed to be the disaster that it always is was going to be the whole theory of how they would uh, institute or instigate antibodies for protection. Our buddy, John Rappaport has been doing his own thing for a while. We used to have him on the show regularly. 
from No More Fake News. He's got a great sub stack and occasionally he does a podcast thing. It's a, a subscription model. And we, he and I, I mean, he, st- he started long before me, but good Lord, what an amazing guy. And we talk about the antibody as the holy grail within junk immunology, vaccineology. Why do I call it junk? Why do I call it a holy grail, not a scientific uh, endeavor? Well, because for one, having an antibody, which is fine, is not in and of itself necessary or even sufficient to protect you from any given quote unquote disease or manifestation of a disease. And not having it is not a guarantee that you will succumb to any given disease or manifestation of a disease. And let's go to the era of HIV and AIDS. All before that, in terms of 20th century immunology and vaccinology was about how do we instigate even artificially, synthetically injections to elicit antibody response? And then we go, you're immune. So that was the gig. That was the play. That was the theme and the meme. Then suddenly HIV comes along and they test you for antibodies. So they say, and if they detect the antibodies for HIV, it means you're going to die. Whoa. Who besides John Rappaport and a few others, and then me eventually as well, went, that doesn't make any sense. You got an antibody for something throughout the history of immunology. That meant you were going to live. You successfully intervened. Your body's good. Your immune system knows. And then suddenly it meant the opposite of that. You're going to die. Unless, of course, they come up with an HIV vaccine. And then the question comes, well, how do you differentiate between the antibodies the vaccine induced and that which you supposedly naturally induced by natural acquisition? Follow me here? And they go, well, uh, uh, we'll just give those people a card that they can carry around with them to say they're antibody positive, HIV positive because of the vaccine. So those antibodies, which are the same or not, they're going to live and they're not infectious or contagious. But those that didn't get the shot and have the HIV positive, they they're going to die or they're going to cause other people to die. Do you follow the absurdity of the argument? It's not even an argument. And you, you bring that up and still we're falling, falling down on our critical thinking skills to believe that there is even a need for MRNA vaccinations, which are not vaccines or any because of the fallacy of antibodies as the Holy grail of protection. The entire immune system Depends on it being healthy and functional, not dysfunctional, not disengaged, not poisoned, not destroyed, which all vaccines do. The old ones and the mRNA kind destroy actual natural immunity, which was denied during COVID. That doesn't exist. If you say it, you're a conspiracy theorist. We got to ban you and deplatform you. Stuff I can't make up. I got to actually say, I can't believe I have to say this stuff. And we do. People aren't stepping back and going, hmm, yeah, you know, that doesn't make sense. I don't care if a PhD or an MD says it does. It doesn't. And then you're no longer falling prey to authoritarianism within medicine or the uh, PhD industrial complex, so to speak. All right. One question of the day here to wrap it up before we go to the bonus round. For those of you enjoying the show, please share it or join us on our patron page. Hi, guys. Could you please talk about the electroculture garden sticks? How do they work? Have you tried using them? Thanks, Bill. Well, Bill, we have talked about this, and uh, I've got to ask Super Don or anybody in the audience who remembers when we covered this. I know that when we were at Leslie's for the RSB Show Family Union, my buddy Scott Scherner did a little lecture on electro, uh, uh, I don't call it, I want to say electroacupuncture, but it's electroculture or electroagriculture. 
uh, wrapping. The, I, re- the- I remember this. So it was like it was it was almost like a cross, is what I, if I remember correctly. And then it had copper wire, copper wire, all that. You that put it into the, the base, into the it. soil, and then it would bring and connect to the uh, in energy, if you will, to the ethers, uh, the copper. And, and, and actually, there's a couple of ways it either either does that or they, some of them actually use batteries with them. To create like a low uh, current electric voltage. current. I don't think it's... you need that because the earth has a current itself. So I'm right. not into that. But Super Don, if you can remember, somebody out there in the audience, remember, we had a woman on mm-hmm. uh, some weeks or months later. And she was actually making these things and selling them for people. And we did talk about electroculture. I remember that. I don't remember yeah. who it was. Though. And our, look. our problem, y'all, is that we can't remember what we did yesterday. Steven will figure it out. He knows everything. Yes. So for Bill's sake. We do talk about it from time to time. Yes, I have used it. It's amazing. We've heard extraordinary things occurring in tests on areas where the 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 electro antennas, so to speak, copper coils were put in the soil and others where it wasn't. Dramatic differences. And how does it work? It just draws the energy of the ethers from the air itself, and mm-hmm. it's grounded into the soil. So it brings an essence of, of life, of the vital force. Again, it's not a materialistic reductionist view anymore. It's not only about chemistry. It's about energy. Although and I think it does have like a physical effect where it improves like the growth of it. And I think oh, it yeah. also, I've also, I've read where it will, can also help um, repel pests too mm. from the plants. A lot of great benefits, y'all. Yeah. So yeah. if anybody remembers when that other store show was that we did and who was the guest, please, I apologize. I just. Come on, Steven. I can't keep it all in my head. Come on, Steven. Super Don. Steven, come on. All right, let's take a break. Who was Bonus it? round coming up. If you got questions or comments, we will cover them next on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Thank you all for being here. Uh, uh, thank you for Drew Allen for our, our first-time guest and his book. It's all linked in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. If you have questions or comments, either call us, leave a message, or write it right at the, the, the website or in the live chat room at robertscottbell.com. Updates and more after this break because the power <laughs> to heal. Is yours. As he you got it. We'll have the answer after that. All right. Thing. Well, that was fast. You challenged Steve to find Steve. He found it. He did. He did. Yeah. Steven for the win. Uh, it was Vlyn Quinn or Vlyn. I guess it was Vlyn yeah, Quinn. Vlyn Quinn. <laughs> Thank you, Steven. Yeah. Uh, he says, well, I wonder if this will all show up here. Let's see. It's too long. Almost. Yeah. Uh, discuss the beneficial effects of electric culture uh, for growing food is the use of antennas made of wood with copper wire spiraled around it. When placed in the ground near the plants, especially in a Fibonacci pattern, the harvest is about 40% greater in half the time. That mm-hmm. is impressive. So here's the thing. You got nothing to lose by doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, it could look like garden decor or something right. you know if you, you're worried about it but mm-hmm. um i i think i i just might try, i mean why not of course not that i really need a, a 40 percent more craziness in my garden well um, you never know if but, uh you know it becomes a barter situation you got so many tomatoes oh you yeah can trade i just need yeah i need to maximize the, the space that i've got there but um why not give it a shot see what happens mm-hmm Agreed. So V. Lynn Quinn, and he even has the website. It's Electrofreedom.com, yeah. Correct, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, when was the, it was uh, September 22nd, 23. Okay. 
So I, I got you know, good news, bad news scenario here coming from our buddy who's helping to migrate the website. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the email. Uh, you know, I saw through. something about a code. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're almost there. But he had, he had backed it up as of November 1st. So when this transfers, it means we'll have to re-upload the daily show notes of November. I know. <laughs> I heard the sigh. Okay. Well, whatever. I mean, yeah. at this point, it just oh, I see. The version of the website I downloaded was from November 1st. And so if you have updated anything on the website since then, you will need to post those items again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So, okay. But does that mean that I guess I still have, a- am I still going to have access to that stuff when he's, once he switches it over? Well, we're going to have to ask him. That's the next email. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do I I get in there to get that stuff? Right. So that's the question we need to ask and maybe follow up on that email to ask that question. (laughs) Or maybe I need to figure out how to back that up like now. Um, Sure, yeah. Maybe uh, if we can back up the, the, you know, even off-site, right? Offline, the November notes. mm, That would be something to do. All right. So anyway, yeah, tomorrow he said he might be able to complete the task. All right. Anyway, we're talking stuff in the bonus round that may not be of interest to you, but that's just what the bonus round is. It's a wide open, anything goes kind of thing. So what do you what do you guys want to talk about? Uh, it's been that long. Yeah, all of November, he's been trying to get this thing done. And again, all these obstacles thrown in his way. <sighs> all right, let's see. Go back, if you, if you just tuned in on all the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, including... Bobbery and the Folium products, 15% off now through Monday, Cyber Monday, uh, RSB. Mention RSB or else you won't get that deal, 15% off. That's, you know, he usually is not able to do that. So he's doing it for us, for y'all. So check that out. Okay, what else do we need to cover today? Anything else? I think we covered everything that we had planned to, which is always good when that happens. Yep. Oh, you know what? We didn't cover the... uh... The uh, story about um, holiday parties, party hopping. Yeah. Right. Now you're doing, we've already determined you're doing leftovers from the wedding, which includes yes. turkey you had. Correct. Uh, what are y'all doing out there? Are you hosting? Are you going places? Are you dropping into friends or family? Uh, as I said, we didn't know we were doing it. I didn't because my wife said, yeah, hey, let's not do it this year. And then she comes home with an organic turkey. So uh, we've invited our friends uh, to, you know, that have not family here so much. And that's nice when we get to do that. I like to do that. And some of them are vegetarian, not vegan, but everybody gets along just fine. There are no fights over who eats what. <laughs> uh, and everybody enjoys the company. So we have a good time with that. So looking forward to that. And I shall say, happy birthday, honey. I love you. Tomorrow's her birthday. All right. She becomes two years older than me for a f- about three months. Because she's like one year, three months older. So three months of the time, she's two years older than me. She robbed the cradle when she married me. So God bless you, honey. Thank you for still being here, considering all you've been through. Love you. And uh, that'll be tomorrow, birthday time. Now, is was it the 21st or was it the 22nd? What was it? How many years ago? 60, 63? JFK assassination. Oh, I don't know. It was right about now. 63 years ago, huh? Oh, like... Well, no, like in 1963. Oh, in 1963. Yeah. And you're saying like 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 right now, according to like the time of day? Um, no, I think it might have been earlier in the day, but I think it was okay. what... That would make it 60 years ago. And they're still covering it up. Isn't that amazing? Yep. 
What does that say? There's some things people can't know for their own safety. You can't handle it. <laughs> that and aliens. Are they related? You know, I still I still don't know what to think about the whole alien thing. I mean, it's it seems pretty obvious that there's some weird stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And people can describe it however they want to. You know, I mean, it, there's no... There's, there's nothing that's happened yet that is, like, definitive, right? There's just, like, a lot of crazy stuff, and they're like, well, it could be, I don't know, we're not sure. Uh, you know, we haven't had, like, an actual alien, you know, walk up to a microphone and make funny sounds or something yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's still that, that little bit of doubt, but um, it's not really being tight. It, it kind of reached this crazy point where it was all in the news and stuff. Now it's kind of calmed down again. So I don't know what to make of that. Some people say it's just a distraction. Yeah. I don't know. We've talked about it. And I don't know if it even matters. I mean, is it, is it really important? Does it matter if there's aliens? I don't know. Right. Would that change things? I, come out. You'd think though it would, you know, I mean, if, if there were aliens, I mean, I, I mean, just for your own, like, uh, I don't know. Would you be worried? Let, let, let's let's ask you that one because what a lot of people are concerned about, as far as aliens go, is what? Mm. What do we see in all the movies? Right, alien invasion. Right, it's very inv- rarely where it's a benevolent invasion. Yeah, right. But I would I say mean, I'm much more concerned about the humans at this point because they've proven sure, to be sure. as dangerous but as let's, any. Just just for alien. fun, just for fun. Right. Let's 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 uh, but just just but what would your reaction be? Yeah, but I mean, let's say it was just like you know the the ship came down. Yeah, here's you know, what the, I would here's what I would do to combat it. No yeah. matter you know if you're concerned, yeah, just make mandatory mRNA shots for all space aliens <laughs> in order to land and and move about. Then of course they'll be done. But of course that was the war of the worlds, right? The the so called bacteria or infection got them because they weren't used to it. So, so the was, germ theory played a role there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know how, how do they handle on this environment? That movie Signs. I love that movie. Oh, right. A lot of people don't like that movie, but it was water. It was water. Yeah, they couldn't handle water. That's right. Right. right that was yeah. interesting. Swing Away. I, remember that? that that's right. Movie. I thought that that's was a good right. I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah. It was a different kind of baseball movie. Yeah. Um, In the field of nightmares. River Phoenix, right? or not River Phoenix, but uh, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, his brother. Yes. He's coming out with a new movie. Uh, I saw a, a trailer for, he's playing, I think, Napoleon. Yes, not yes. Napoleon Dynamite. No. No. Sequel. Which is another good movie, mm-hmm. since we're talking about it. But, uh, yeah, jo- uh, Joaquin Phoenix, he's, he's actually a very good actor. Oh, he's a, he, he inhabits his roles, that's for he, sure. Um, yeah. He's a character uh, uh, actor, and he um, when he played the Joker was just crazy. Didn't he win the, didn't he win the Academy Award I think he did. He had to have won something for that. Not that we've watched that show, but that's the um, he survived this one, unlike other, unlike Heath Ledger, oh yeah, uh, who tried to do the same thing, but obviously that didn't end well. But you know, Joaquin Phoenix uh, did that. He played brilliantly in um, uh, Gladiator too, as playing. Uh, was it who? Who did he play? He played Ridley Scott. He was the Emperor, I think. The Emperor. I can't remember yeah. which one. A bad the name evil was. Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So yeah, we went from aliens to mm-hmm. the emperors and to Joker. But in any case, all right. So you deflected, but um, 
I, I was just curious. Yeah, like I don't what, know what to say. I, you know, I don't know what to say about it. It's like it seems a, like so unreal, right? It's like you know, why would I say that? Yeah, it'd be yeah, like you know, we got enough problems on this planet without worrying about alien invasions. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe that's just one too many things. Lori says, mm-hmm. "I'll be alone that day." Well, we send our love to you, Lori. We appreciate that. <laughs> you don't you have were, to be alone. I can tell you what. Yeah, if that were true, mm-hmm. uh, we would definitely be doing a show, wouldn't we? How so? If we were doing it, if aliens invade? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would be definitely doing Oh, heck yeah. 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 I mean, maybe. I don't know. Either that or we'd be glued to our televisions, yeah. you know, with our on, jaws on the no, floor. Are you choosing to be alone that day? I mean, because this is what we do. I mean, if you live nearby, you'd be coming over to our place because we always find people that are alone on Thanksgiving and try to say, hey, come on over and join join us and have some fun. Uh, so there's got to be Maybe that's that what she's that. talking about is Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which actually, you know, um, a lot of people are doing, it's called, instead of calling it Thanksgiving, they're doing like what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think it's called Friendsgiving, mm-hmm. where they're just having like friends. Sure. Come over. Oh, whether you call it Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving, you still have yeah. friends over. So yeah. that's what we do. <sighs> Let's see, something to be thankful for. A tweet from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, our friend. She says, three months ago today, I couldn't move my left arm, use my left hand, and could only walk not well with a cane. Today, I showered, dressed, took care of Tegan. I think that's her dog. And an Uber, got an Uber, walked the entire length of the airport without, with a backpack and about to board a flight. Things are starting to come back together. Just need more time. Maybe God is gifting me patience. Well, God bless you, Sherry Tenpenny. We love you and appreciate you. But Sherry, of course, as we talk about, you know, one of my monologues, I think, was inspired by what happened to Sherry, is that the healers of our world, the people who have a, a very dedicated passion and mission to accomplish, to get the word out, often neglect themselves, not intentionally, but maybe sometimes it's sort of like, God, I don't have time to take care of myself. I got to do this. Right. And I think that that's a, well, I mean, it's a choice obviously, but it manifests certain ways. And um, this is where, yeah, if you, if you get to survive that, it's another opportunity to say, Hey, I got to do it a little bit better, a little bit more efficiently and maybe care for myself along the way too. This is for me, why it's so important that I get into the, you know, the kickboxing every day I can because in order for me to do what I do, even with the mental and other uh, things that I do, it would wear me down if I didn't have the ability to go out and strengthen this physical body that I'm in for however long I'm in it. Uh, so for me, it, you know, of course, having suffered the first 24 years of my life because I didn't eat clean food and I was given he- heavy medications and vaccines and things, uh, my choices to do it differently would because I realized the connection between my poor health outcomes as a young person from babyhood to young adulthood to see what I'm doing now as people look at me, you know, at the fun guessing game, you go to the circus or the, or the, the, the carnival and the, you know, the guess your age stuff. Um, people usually guess 10 to 15 to 20 years younger. Um, and, and I don't say it's because of genes, right? Because if it were about genes and explain to me how, you know, many of my ancestors died of cancer in their 50s, 60s, 70s or 80s even, but, um, I, I think it's about gene expression due to environment and changing what comes in, the inflow, the uh, also belief systems, all of those things matter to alter your ter- trajectory. If you think you have a terminal point and, and I'm not saying I know when that is for any of us, but I believe that if we are here to do something and we want to stick around for it, find a reason to do it. That is more than just the mission. It has to involve some level of joy and happiness and celebration and, uh, Anyway, what health challenges did Sherry Tenpenny? Stevens, I guess he didn't yeah. hear that she had a stroke. Had a stroke. Yeah, yeah, about three months ago. 
Yeah, no, she wasn't injected or anything, but being around everybody. But at my point of, you know, and I'm not picking on Sherry Tenpenny. I love her. It's not about that. It's just an example of someone who knows so much, but doesn't do enough for themselves because they're out saving, you know, the world and people that need help. A lot of doctors get into that. They're good doctors, good people. And my point about how do you heal the healers? And that means also, you know, the ability to self-reflect and go, hey, what am I doing that's good for me and not good for me as I'm out there trying to do good for others, right? And I try to be an example of what to do, not do as I say, not as I do, right? This is a whole question of how your kids still eat clean when they're adults. Well, they've learned, I've taught them or I've helped their bodies to teach them and then pay attention to the body signals to say, hey, when you put something in your body, it's going to tell you or your cells are going to tell you whether it's good for you or not. Just pay attention to that. I don't have to tell you anything more than that. And then you're going to make better decisions because you don't want to feel rotten like I did for the first 24 years. Now, I'm not saying I was miserable 24-7, but I had overcome a lot. And it was just what I knew because it was the body I had, the symptoms I had. It was all I knew. Allergies, congestion, inflammation, pain, you know, name it. I had it, but it was is what I knew. I didn't like it, but it was only I knew. So was there a possibility to get out of it and break that cycle? Well, I didn't know it was possible until I learned about homeopathy and organic food and on and on. So I did that, decided, hey, I got to tell everybody. But it wasn't to tell everybody and then me go back to McDonald's that I grew up on and go, hey, you guys eat the clean stuff. I like McDonald's too much. I'm not giving that up. <laughs> no, it just wouldn't work for me. Hypocrisy. I don't know how people do it. And maybe there are blind spots I have. I don't know. But if, if there are, Super Don will call me out on it. So would my wife. So I usually have good people surrounding me to go, hey, hey, hey. whoa, whoa, whoa. What was that you said? <laughs> I know. You go off the rails so much. Oh, you got to have somebody to... to... Yeah. So the article uh, yeah. that we did not oh, get is. to is yeah. a survey was done. Start on study finds. I love that website. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a survey and they found that half of Americans admit to holiday party hopping just to eat free treats. I don't fall into that category <laughs> myself. Yeah, but um, I guess at least in in this this uh, group of people here, what was it here? It says here, forget the small talk and catching up with long lost relatives. Half of Americans have attended a holiday party specifically for the treats and desserts, according to new research. They surveyed 2,000 Americans revealed that while 48% have attended a party solely for the sweets that they expected to be there, 43% have also stayed at a gathering just to eat the treats and then left. Um, okay, not, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I can understand that. Maybe if you were younger or maybe it, just, I, it seems kind of rude. But mm -hmm. then again, I guess if you were invited, it'd be one thing, I guess, if you crashed the party, that might be a little more rude. I but, mean, how um, much? How much? Have you ever stuff? done that? Have you ever just like just gone to it? Not because you necessarily wanted to to talk to the people or, or be there to catch up with people or something like that. But you heard there was going to be really good food or you knew they were going to have really good food. And so that's why you went and you kind of made your appearance you know, I said, Hey, I, how's it going, everybody? And then, I, I, Oh, I, shoot. Oh, I just remembered. I have to, uh, I have to, I have no recollection of ever doing that. No, no, okay. I guess it says, what did it say? Half the people, half of the people that surveyed. Wow. Yeah. So that they, I guess we're in the other that. half. Cause I don't remember doing that ever. I mean, you get invited to a party, whatever, but here's it's, where you're asking for a what, quote, quote, unquote, influenza, not because it's a virus you're going to catch, but you're eating your way to sickness, <laughs> overeating, overindulging sweets and treats. Yes. Oh. I don't know. 
it seems mm-hmm. kind of against the whole Thanksgiving uh, spirit, right? Yeah, let me take. I give thanks for knowing so many people that make good food. Mm-hmm. I guess you could be thankful for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, looks like so I, I don't know. I just asked Lori. Says she's not alone by choice. I'm like the opportunity to serve others on like it's like Jewish people on Christmas Day serving the Christians by going to work or doing things that others are taking that day off on their holy days, right? Uh, I, I guarantee there's there's several places that you go. I've done that before. Yeah, I mean um, there there are homeless shelters. I've done it in years yeah. past where you go there and you help serve food uh, to people. You know, they're donating stuffs time, but you don't have to be alone on Thanksgiving. And you come you away from that feeling just really yeah. good about your heart you is did. happy. It's yeah. lighter. I mean, you definitely see perspective on how people are living and they're grateful for a, a, you know, a wonderful meal like that once a year. I mean, it's just like, my goodness, once a year. And it is that time of year. I, I got to tell you, living like where I live mm-hmm. and with the temperatures, the way they get, it always crosses my mind, my mind when I, when we first have like that really cold, you know, first night. And I'm just like, I don't know how people do it. You know, the yeah. people that are, that are homeless and that live on the, you know, in, in their car or something like that, how they manage yeah. to survive something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get into the reasons why they're there, and you know, not everybody uh, is is in that situation because they choose to. Some people, some of them are there. That's just that's yeah. just their way of life. But you know, it's it's rough. Yeah. And um, yeah, whenever I've got an opportunity, if if it's if I can do it, right, I try and do something to try and oh, help somebody I, out. The Thanksgiving I have for you is you sent me your your wife's pickles. Oh yeah! How many months did it take? It went to China and back. Yeah, they're really no, pickled I'm, right now. I was so yeah. excited, but it was happening in the midst of your wedding stuff. Like I forgot to mention it. I was like right? <laughs> they're here. I wanted to have them and eat them, but I haven't yet. I haven't. They're in the yeah. fridge now, cool well, now. You gotta so. let me know how they are because they sat in that box for at least a couple months. Well, the thing is, don't they get better with age? A lot of these. I think things? so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. I've got, so I'm excited and thank you. I've actually got a jar yet. of them right here too, just sitting on my desk. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. So, uh, can't wait to give it a go and eat some yeah. pickles. Might do it on Thanksgiving just to say thank you. Well, there you go. Hopefully yeah. they're, they're okay. Yeah. So you guys had a, a, a pie table, a pie bar, a pie bar. Yeah. The caterer, what they, they did is they, um, they made like this, Little tiny, little like single serving, you know, like little oh, right. snack, yes. you know, type pies, like pie d'oeuvres, and then some some uh, other like pastries that were like pressed into like a, it looked like a pumpkin, uh-huh. um, type thing, and there was you know these different flavors and stuff, and and then we also had a, uh, what's called a grazing table. I'd never mm-hmm. seen one of these before, but apparently what they do is they just they just put stuff like on a on like a butcher by big butcher block. You know, and it's like yeah, broccoli and cauliflower and berries and cheese and pretzels and crackers and stuff. And it's just like this big pile. And I, I, I went walked up to it, and you know, a bunch of people had eaten it. And so it was kind of strewn around on you know on the butcher block and stuff like that. And I was looking at, it, I was like, it, so that's a grazing table. It really, honestly, what it looks like is what happens when the grandkids come over and they eat food. Uh, and it's just like all over the table. It's just, I guess that's a grazing table. It's just, you know, finger food. You can just pick up and eat. Mm-hmm. So they had one of those, um, and it was a full turkey dinner. It was turkey, mashed potatoes. It was some kind of stuffing that I, I, I wasn't familiar with, but it, it was had kind of a sweet taste to it. Mm-hmm. It was like cornbread and apple, something or other, uh, 
stuffing and then had – I'm not a big fan of sweet potatoes, but they had a big pan of those, and everybody was raving about how awesome those were. Mm-hmm. That was more for them because I didn't want any of that stuff. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good night to to have a dinner. Dude, you just all the way around. There's a lot to live up to now thinking about how well you did. Not that I wanted anything but the best for you guys, and it sounds like it was the best and better. It was. It was cool. How did they get the neon light up of the Smiths? Because her last name is now Smith. We had to order that. Um, it was on either. It may have been even. I think it was Etsy uh, where it was. So custom, people will custom make custom made. A, custom made. And is it actually neon? It lit no, it's white. not neon. It's, okay. it's, it's more it's, like an LED of some kind. It looks like neon. Yeah. But I mean, that was it, it was looks like it. It's I think cool. It was 40, was it 45, 48 it was, inches? It was big. Yeah. It was a 48 inch sign. Yeah, it was like 300 bucks. Wow. For the sign. If it was neon, it would be a lot more expensive. Actual neon. Came with a remote uh-huh. where you could like like do the dimming up and down and you can make it flash. And Could it change colors? It could, that, that one couldn't change color. Oh, it was just simple yeah. white. But yeah, it's cute. it was cute. That's what she like wanted. It. Yeah. So, and that couch we uh, we got from a photography studio. Mm-hmm. Um. That was a rental. Yes, and yeah. it uh, they they I haven't gotten the pictures back yet, but apparently one of the pictures the the groomsmen and the or the bridal party they did like a friends type mm-hmm. of a pose thing on on the couch in front of the sign, like like from the the TV show Friends. There's like that that thing of them on the couch, and so they kind of they emulate that. Um, yeah. So anyway, it was good. It was it was good. I'll I'll remember that forever, dude. And you're still, you still have a roof over your heads, considering how much you had to work oh, to get that we thing. Pay, yeah, we managed to pay for that thing, it dude. Was not, it's amazing. It was not cheap. No, but, like I said, so. that's a daunting task to have to. You know, if you if your daughter wants a real deal wedding, right, versus eloping or something something simple, it can be. It's, dude, it's not cheap. Yeah. So, but you know. You want you want your your kids to have what they want, and this is a you know this is one of those things where, you know, hopefully you're, you're only going to do this once, right? Mm-hmm. So you want this to be memorable, and you know she told she told us what she wanted, and sure her expectations were not crazy, um, but they were enough that you know it, it was going to take some some work to put that together, and so we managed. I think I, mean, I think we managed to pull it off to her what was it. She wanted to have done so, and I, I'm still like I look at the pictures of it and the video of it and stuff like that, and I'm still I look at that and I go, wow, I can't believe that's you know that that came together the way it did. Mm-hmm. So oh, anyway, impressive. yep. All right, next chapter, right? Like a big burden lifted, beautifully happened. Now it's like. Oh. All right. How do you want to direct your energy now? Lots of stuff to do and lots of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't have that looming over my head now. Well, yeah, I was talking huge. to my wife about that yesterday. It's just like, so what do we do now? You know, mm-hmm. it's been a year of having this like pressure and the the stress and you know everything like that. And now it's now it's over with, and we're just like, wow, I can't believe it's over. <laughs> and that's okay. We can just breathe for a little bit here and maybe have a little more money in our budget now. Yay! <laughs> well, do something we want to do. Right. All right, y'all. Anything in the chat room? If not, we're going to bag it for today and then come back tomorrow, less than 22 hours from now, God willing, for another Robert Scott Bell Show broadcast right before Thanksgiving Day. And we'll have Encore on Thanksgiving and Friday. Just take take the weekend off. 
I, I wouldn't mind doing a Sunday conversation if we can figure somebody that's available that I can record with at, at leisure time, you know, whenever. Okay. Um, and if you guys missed the Sunday conversation with Ula, it was very revealing. She was very, uh, you know, humbling. It's embarrassing to get duped like she was duped, but she was willing to, as I said, give the gift to others so that those things don't happen, particularly if you're a Trinity grad or looking for work in the holistic arena, consultations, things like that. It was a really elaborate scheme. You want to learn about that so you don't fall prey to it. And Ula was so gracious in sharing her story with us on Sunday, Sunday conversations. So please share it, especially for those of you Trinity grads out there or school students, please share that because now they're going to be targeting. I think so after this. So um, be aware of what's going on out there. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Thanks for tomorrow. We have, I got something in the morning, Freedom Hubs Health Webinar. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I guess we better figure it out, huh? Yeah, I got to check that out. Okay. All right. So tomorrow we have Karen showing on in R1. And I'll have to check and see if Ty Bollinger is going to be on tomorrow or not. Uh, no, I, I can tell you now he's not. I, I okay. messaged him. And this is another thing. Thank you for bringing that up. Please send your prayers to our buddy TMB, Ty, he's got a, a detached retina that he's going in for surgery on. Oh, is that the same no, one that he was having no, trouble he with had before? Now the other eye. I don't know what would have caused really? that in his case. Yeah, but that was a weakness, and uh, he's having trouble seeing right now. So yeah. prayers for a successful recovery again, like he did with the first one. Uh, he's going through it right now. So those of you who love and appreciate Ty, please send him your love and prayers and uh, help him get through that and recover fast, and then we'll get him back on the show. All right. Well, we will figure out what to do with hour two tomorrow. Yeah. So it looks so. like um, uh, Karen B. Schoen, Karen Schoen, yep. radio host, The Prism of America's Education on America Out Loud. She's got a sub stack and all kinds of stuff. She's an advisor for Florida Citizens Alliance, advisor for We the Kids. So that should be interesting tomorrow. Yeah. And then whatever else we want to talk about, y'all let us know and we'll join in and do it together. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys, have a good afternoon, and we'll see you tomorrow.